warning, this show uses explicit language and adult topics. And just in case you needed the reminder, you are about to hear a comedy show, or at least an attempt at one. So without further ado and further introductions, let's get disappointing. Well, if you don't like my show, don't curse your radio, you know that no one likes my company anyway. But if you listen closely and talk intelligently, then maybe you can be a disappointment. Please enjoy today's culture shocks. They are, uh, well, I guess I'd, uh, there's really no other way to say this. Hoover is an unexpected individual, and so am I. So I think what would be more unexpected than to start his show off with country music, because, you know, this is a show where we play a lot of rap and rock and roll, and not enough country. So this is one song I love, even though it does reference Jesus, and I have outgrown that love. Uh, <laughs> I still love Hoover, and I think if uh, at the end of the day, if I was ever going to hear a song that may- reminded me of my dad or Hoover, this would be the one. So before our second culture shock, please enjoy your first song, you never even called me by my name by David Allen Go. Please enjoy. Let's co. I say that right? Oh, let me do that. David Allen Co. Please enjoy. Well, it was all that I could do to keep from crying. Sometimes it seems so useless to remain. You don't have to call me darling, darling. You never even call me by my name. You don't have to call me Waylon Jennings. you 
friend of mine named Steve Goodman wrote that song. And he told me it was the perfect country and western song. I wrote him back a letter and I told him it was not the perfect country and western song because he hadn't said anything at all about mama or trains or trucks or prison or getting drunk. Well, he sat down and wrote another verse to the song and he sent it to me and after reading it I realized that my friend had written the perfect country and western song. And I felt obliged to include it on this album. The last verse goes like this here. Well, I was drunk the day my mom got out of prison. And I went to pick her up in the rain. She got robbed over by a damned old train And I'll hang around as long as you will let me Let me, let me, let me, let me And I never mind standing in the rain oh, You don't have to call me country to throw right in your fucking face listen this interview was a lot of fun it taught me a lot about my dad and it taught a lot about like you know who he's decided to make his friends and why they're still close and also why they're important to me so hoover if you are listening to this i love you bub and i thought uh, we'd go from country to a little rock and i thought what is one of the best rock songs ever written you don't know how it feels by tom petty by the late and great so please enjoy uh after this culture shock you know you'll fucking have your talking bits but you already know that and if you don't well, then you're about to find out. Please enjoy. So 
decided to come when I did it. Um, this is the Disappointing Radio Show. I don't know how I want to do this one. I'll either do it like that or I'll do it like a Indisappointing Radio Dante. And they're like, what the fuck is happening? This is the Disappointing Radio Show. I'm DJ Disappointment. You're listening to the worst piece of shit on air. And today I have a very special guest because he is someone close to my father because I don't ever think I'll ever talk my father into being on this show. Because if your dad didn't fucking hate what you did, you wouldn't be a disappointment. So please, in chair one is... The Hoover Man. Mike Hoover. <laughs> today is just fucking bullshit, because you know me. I mean, we grew... I mean, I grew up as you as, like, a father to me. And, like, you're... I mean, I'm definitely... No father's gonna be closer than my dad, but, like, when my father goes out of town with my mom, I shit you not, he sends me the same three contacts every time. He says, if you need anything, call Dave, call Hoover... 
or call, I can't remember who the third number is, Chase. He's like, you can rely on these three for anything. That's and I'm right. like, wow. So like, thanks for coming on. You didn't have to do this. And now they're recording, I'll do the same thing. I always get mushy right at the start by saying, hey, I don't have all comedians on. I just have people on that I think are nice to me throughout my life and I, I think matter. And because one day I know I'm going to be a famous comedian, not think I'm going to be a famous comedian. I'd like the this to reflect my story and people who helped me get there because I have influences of all great storytellers and funny people and you by far are one of the funniest people I know. So thank you for coming on, Hoover. You're welcome, Briley. <laughs> so I want to immediately start with a story that I teased in the last episode with Nick. He was like, so what's so great about Hoover? And I was like, you know what's so great about Hoover? He changed my whole life with one story at a very young age when my dad was like, yeah, we were playing Pintera Golf Course. We're on hole nine. Hoover comes up to me and says, this is my last ball, buddy. If I fucking hit it in the lake, I'm going to get it. Slink right in the fucking lake. All the clothes come off. You dive in to get the ball and come back. Is that true? That's true. That's fucking amazing. That's true. Now you're my hero for sure. So you just, my dad has so many Hoover stories. That's his favorite story to tell. No, I shit you not. He literally goes, man, I've got this one. He'll just be like sitting there. He'll be like, man, me, one time me and Hoover. You guys just get into so much bullshit. And I'm like, he gets so excited about it. So I'm like, I feel like most of it's true. But like, yeah. I want you to tell me some of your favorite Jonesy stories. Because I feel like if you were there for all those, you have to, that's your version of it. Because your Hoover stories are your fucking life. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we've gotten to those little mix-ups here and there. What's your favorite little event? Like, you guys you guys have played sports together, you grew up together, you uh, do adult hilarious shit together. So, like, do you have, like, a favorite story that you... Like, my favorite stories to tell with my guests, especially the ones who are a little bit older than me, are stories in the past. Because something in the past you can't change and you can't undo and you can't get in trouble for because it's long, finite history X years ago that does not influence your life to this day. Um, <laughs> and I didn't know if you have any fun, like, funny fucking events. Maybe something you guys did out of state. He's told me so many funny stories about you guys doing bullshit, like, on the road, traveling for sports. Oh, or like, yeah. Or, like, growing well, up with Tony. One, well, there was one time in Louisville at okay. a softball tournament. We decided to go down to the local strip club. And, uh, after a few cocktails, we got into a little ruckus and, uh, <laughs> and uh, looked over and the owner had a gun pointed at David C.'s head. No shot. So, so the uh, the whole bar broke out into a fight. <laughs> I got punched one time and it was by your dad. <laughs> what? He, he missed the guy he was swinging at. You're and, kidding and hit, me. And hit me right in the jaw. <laughs> and they don't, he didn't remember it was me, so when we get outside, he's bragging about how he hit this, this guy, guy so hard. So hard. <laughs> You're like, damn, that me. reminds me of how I got hit. <laughs> so, so you guys started so a bar fight to so hit each was, other. Uh, rode home with seven of us and a Mustang, <laughs> and the guy driving didn't have no license, and he was a uh, special needs special needs guy. Are you talking about Tony? Tony? Tony Parker. You let Tony drive? Oh, yeah. oh my god. <laughs> Wait, hold on. We're talking about the same Tony that comes over and he's like, hey buddy, I'm just trying to play wee balling. Yeah, that's right. That's oh him. my god. You know what my favorite Tony story that dad's told me is? He told me one time he took Tony to a strip club with you guys. Yeah. 
and he oh. got a heart hickey on that's his neck. Same, that's the same strip club. Was it the same day? Yeah, same day. That was the same story? Same oh my story. God, he didn't tell me that he drove home. Yeah, and we drove back to the hotel. Was that he hit you? Then we, <laughs> then we, we paid these two girls in the elevator to go up and, and strip down Tony. Well, by the time they got done, he had on three pair of sliding shorts and like four pair of underwear. So they, they, <laughs> they had to work 20 minutes to get him naked. They were trying to be slow about each part because they thought it was going to be the last pair right. of shorts and they're like, fucking Christ! Four Ian pairs. tells us it's going to be four hours of bullshit. Seven pairs, they finally got him naked. Did you count them? <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, David, David, Dave told me a story like yesterday about Schaefer, the guy that sells fruit. On the corner of Nickel Saver. Oh yeah, I'm gonna tell to you, and I'm, I want to know if you even know if this is true or not. So a, apparently he was like a daredevil as a kid, and was like kind of recklessly all over the place. And one day he crashed his Mustang or what the fuck ever into a tree, and he went through the windshield. Is that part true? I don't know that. Okay, <laughs> he told me that he went through a windshield. It fucked his head up. He lives this somehow. I don't know, but going through the windshield cut his dick in half. Oh, shit. Dave told me point blank, this man has a half dick. Mm. And I was like, a piece of me was like, wouldn't you just cut the whole thing off at yeah. that point? Which half is the dick? Yeah, I was like, what part do you have? <laughs> well, no, my thing was like, okay, picture a dick. Did you cut it in half? Or, or did you, head. do you have like a sliced dick? <laughs> yeah. Like what part of the dick was cut? Yeah, How did you cut the dick? Is it maybe like a flap that you could just fold back together? I mean, I don't know well, dick technology. Exactly. So I don't know. I don't know if he, or maybe he was just like snip. Let's go all smooth ball. Maybe he could dude. save the balls, so he's just balls down there and just I like a know. hole. Maybe that's better. I don't know what he pisses out of. <laughs> like a bag, usually. Um, so he told me that he has a half dick, and that's why he went crazy for years. Well, he told me he's crazy. Okay. That'd make you crazy. But do you know if he's crazy? I'd say he is if he has a half a dick. <laughs> <laughs> so he told me one day they're at the pool house back in, I want to say either New Paris or somewhere like that, back when they had like a bunch of tables. Maybe it was Richmond. I don't remember. Um, but he said that there were like eight tables, four dudes at each. So the room was pretty populated. Okay. Schaefer is playing a game of pool with some guys. And I, I, don't, I don't remember if Dave was there or not. So I'm going to put Dave in the story because it's just funnier that yeah. way. Because I'll just give him the credit for the punchline. Because he told me the story. Um, they're playing pool. And this guy that Schaefer's playing is like, Hey man, I'm going to hit this shot off like three walls. The ball's going to hit this ball. And that ball's going to knock the other ball into that hole. And he's like, no fucking shot. Like some ridiculous masquerade of bullshit in steps that you have to hit. And he's like, no fucking shot. And he's like, all right, I'm about to hit it. Watch this. And he goes, you hit this, I will suck your cock here and now. Okay? Not missing a beat. Guy hits it, ball goes straight in, exact way he calls it. Step for step. Like, three walls, ball to ball, ball to fucking specific hole. Schaefer drops the knees immediately. Dave got on his knees when he told me the story. That's why I was like, this is a great story. Drops to his knees, and he's like, all right, come here. Like, ready as fuck. And the guy was like, ha ha, like, you could, everyone in the room said you could feel the nervousness. Yeah. And everyone around was like, let him suck your cock. 
one dude shouted, feed his fat ass! And I'm going to say that was Dave. Oh, my Because God. that was the comment the guy was like, oh, I guess. So now we have a room of guys ready for some gay shit. For no reason. Just because of pool. Takes his dick out. Schaefer comes up to it. And then grabs it, stands up, and then drags it against every edge of the fucking pool table oh. and throws the dude down in front of all these dudes. He says, don't ever take your cock out in front of me again, motherfucker. I will kill you. Crazy shit, right? Yeah. He was ready to suck a dick and then 360 did to, I will murder your ass. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Those that? are the ravings of a half-dicked man. That's right. Where was that at? I guess some pool house, either in Richmond or New Paris, back when New Paris had a pool house or some oh bullshit like that. Oh, my God. But Dave was like, yeah, I mean, he's just crazy. Bonkers. And I'm like, Dave, you know a lot of shit. That's, that might be something I didn't want to see. I know. Like, I don't, how do you even bring that up? Go, go to, go, next time go to your fruit stand. Be like, hey, man, I want, like, four grapes, uh, an apricot. Can I see your half dick? What? What was that last part? Can I see your half dick? I yeah. will say it again. Do you have half a dick? And if so, can I see it? I'm not trying to do anything with it. Just want to be blown away that somebody has not killed themselves yet with a half dick. Yeah, I was like, I might check that out too. Might check that out too. Yeah, see you can make it a side toe attraction. Be like, slice. buy some watermelons, see a half cock. Slice is it half food. this way? Is it half this way? Did we go diagonal? You'll never know. <laughs> It's like a sideshow fucking poster. I'm telling you, I can sell anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's just being part of a good salesman. Like, I've always thought I would flourish in, like, some kind of, like, selling job because I just am good with people. Well, you probably get that from your dad. Yeah. And I... I'm not getting it from mom. <laughs> he can talk shit to anybody. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay, I'm going to tell you one of the best stories Dave ever told me. Because this was so long ago, it's not going to matter. So, he said when he was in high school... Before, like, the war on drugs, or maybe this was because the war on drugs. I don't remember which one, because Dave's old. <laughs> I love you, though, Dave, if you're listening. I don't think he listens on his flip phone. I don't think he's a... Dave. Dave. Dave, my boy. Um, so we go... He goes into class one day, and his very first class every day was the same class. It was government, and it was specifically, like, politics. Okay. His teacher, because of the recent events of weed, was like, we're going to host a debate in class today about should weed be illegal, and then other opposed, yay, should weed be legal? And the whole class shifted to the one side of it should be illegal. And then there's Dave and his two best friends, and they're like, we're the yays. <laughs> because he had told me every single day before class, those three would get together and smoke a joint before school. Because yeah. back then, weed was just not a schedule one. Right. So, like, it didn't matter. Um... But that's, maybe that's why they were having this. They were moving it to Schedule 1 and they were talking about what should happen. Um, so, <laughs> he goes in the next day and the other side has like papers, notes, fucking points out the ass. Like, it shouldn't be legal for this, 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 this. And you're like, fucking Christ. <laughs> All of it was bullshit. Like, the reasons were things that you couldn't say now it's like it causes cancer it's like actually we think it cures cancer now ladies and gentlemen so there's that um <laughs> but we're not gonna rabbit hole down that fucking hole because after all this they were like all right and your guys aside and they go both lean into dave and like we don't wear anything and it's like dave's like shit i didn't either i guess i'll just talk and dave just went up and bullshitted it and she goes where's your notes because i don't need notes 
And the chick was like, all right, well, why do you think pot should be legal? He goes, there's only one reason why pot should be legal. And she was like, really? What is it? And he goes, me and those two guys right there, we smoke it before class every single day, and we're fucking fine. And he sat down, and nobody said anything. And the teacher was just like, oh, Christ. Like, just the disappointment in the hand fucking forward head rub. Like, oh, no. Like, he literally did that in the story. He was like, oh. Imagine Dave, like, oh. Uh, <laughs> just fucking head rubbing, and it's like, oh. Well, yeah, your dad, I'll tell you a story. We went to the- he rented a vehicle from, or we all got a vehicle from Wetzel when BZ's dad died. Yeah. Drove down to Kentucky. I remember you guys laughing. This, this freaking vehicle looked like an FBI car. I might know the story, but it's please keep black, going. It's black with tinted windows. Yeah. Well, he gets on, your dad's driving, he gets on his GPS, and it takes us up this hill. Yeah. And there's no fucking way there's a cemetery, or... A cemetery. They're right having there. a funeral where he's taking Yeah. So he goes, this says up here. I said, okay. So we get to the top of this gravel driveway up this hill. Yeah. There's nowhere to go, and there's a little cottage on the right. I said, <laughs> I, in about two minutes, there'll be a guy come out here unloading on our ass because he thinks we're the FBI. That, yeah. Getting ready to bust him for his marijuana or moonshine stills. Or watch the fucking, like, dude come out, and, and he it's like come out. all VZ's friends, and, and it's he like, did whoa. come out. And so your dad does a U-turn and gets the hell out of there. And then he stops in at a funeral home. Well, you know how your dad is. Yeah. And I said, I guarantee he stops in there for... No, he stopped in at a church to get directions to the funeral. <laughs> and I told him, I said, I guarantee you, he'll have, J- he'll have Joel Osteen coming to his house for fucking dinner next Sunday by the time he gets done talking. <laughs> he just... What is it about him? That just no, no, he grabs on. Attaches the people. Oh, he grabs onto him. I don't get he it. Walk Why? Up his, uh, walk up to somebody he's never met before. They'll be best friends have, by the end of the day. They'll have their contacts. Their oh address. my! Yeah, they'll have emails shared. Uh, fucking, have he's things. right to it. He's like, just give me your phone number. Oh yeah. They're like, okay. Next thing you know, he's sitting in the front row at the concert. Yeah, I'm front in front row of the front What are you doing? He's just. What is it about him? I love him. Well, I, I like to imagine it. I get those skills from him. Well, I'd say you did. But, like, he doesn't... I don't think he likes that. But, like, Dad, I'm a product of you. What do you mean? What do you not like about me? We are the same. I'm just labeled different. Like, I'm not gonna... The only difference between me and my dad is that when we sit down at the end of the day, he's like, I'm gonna watch Smokey the Bandit. And I'm like, I'm gonna watch some really weird anime shit because I know I'm gonna see some tits and some fighting. And I'm cool with both. <laughs> See, if he just let me indulge him in weird shit, I think he'd be fine with it. Or old school, though. Yeah, but like... like that weird shit. It's funny, though. We're, we're Caddyshack material. I See, I love Caddyshack, though. Did you know that when Caddyshack first came out, people hated it? Like, it was not a liked film. And not people, me. And they were really upset to add the gopher and, like... Yeah, like, it was... like. Do you, you know the whole story of Caddyshack? No. It was, like, crazy. Like, they weren't gonna make it. The guy who was making it, like... Was really was trying really hard to nail the movie, but like a lot was going wrong, and like he thought the world would hate it, and like it was crazy how well it aged. I think it yeah. aged extremely well. Oh yeah, Caddyshack it's, too sucked, but I don't think I even saw the second one. Yeah, don't waste your time. Was Bill Murray even in it? No. Yeah, exactly. I'm like I, the first one is one for a reason. Oh yeah, that's the classic. What's your favorite like that old era of movies? 
Oh, I've, like I've seen Roadhouse like 40 times. Oh my god, it's crazy you bring up Roadhouse. One of my best friends, Nolan. Double deuce, baby. One of my best friends, Nolan, he had never seen Roadhouse. Oh my and he's god. 21 now. Oh and he fucking was back home seeing his parents for some bullshit. And his, uh, he was just sitting on the couch. And his dad's like, oh, I just kind of want to watch Roadhouse. Like, out of nowhere. And he was like, I've never seen Roadhouse. Oh, my God. And his dad was like, you've never seen Roadhouse? And he goes, no. And he was like, sit the fuck down. And he went and got Roadhouse. <laughs> oh, and he I put Roadhouse that. on. It two weeks ago on Netflix. Again. Oh, my God. <laughs> I lo- like, Nolan called me, like, mid-movie. He's like, dude, we're watching Roadhouse. And this dude ripped a fucking throat out. out. And I'm like, okay, did you not see Roadhouse before? And he goes, no. And I'm like. Watch Roadhouse. Oh, yeah. Keep going. Over I don't know what to tell you. Over. Just fucking takes his throat. And I'm like, that's, oh, yeah. that's insane to think about. That no one yeah, no, no one just fucking rips that a That would throat. be the last thing I'd go for with somebody. To take that strength alone to actually penetrate somebody's body and rip their throat out. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of grip strength. That's so, like, I don't know, man. Um, I really like Waterboy. Because I love Adam Sandler. Oh, I always have. That, uh. Bobby, yeah, Bobby Boucher, Bobby Boucher, <laughs> and he's the fucking like. I will say, so they put Eddie Murphy's like old old stand up on oh, Netflix I love again. Him. Did yeah, you watch? Richard did Pryor. you watch the Red Suit stand up? Oh yeah. Oh my god, I watched it again with the Ice Cream Man's coming, where he fucking is like the little black kid in New oh, York, and he's like, Mom, throw my name. I don't think there's anybody funnier than Eddie Murphy. <sighs> And he was like, and it was really funny because him and Jerry Seinfeld's episode of Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee, they're talking and like, oh my God, like Eddie Murphy's like, yeah, I'm just, I'm always nervous on stage and like this and I don't feel confident and all this stuff. And Jerry Seinfeld's like, that's so crazy to me that you're, you don't think you're confident because I used you as my model for confidence. And then Eddie Murphy goes, that's crazy. I used you as my model for confidence and neither of them had confidence both drawing off one another. They start. Did you know that they started stand-up? Like, their very first sets on stage were at the same bar in the same week. No. Yeah. Same week. New York's fucking same stage. Wow. I didn't even know that. I, I, do you know what I call that? I thought Eddie <clears throat> Murphy was a lot older than... Nope. Started the exact same week. Exact hmm. same day. See, Not the exact same day, but the exact same week of the exact same year, sorry. And it was crazy that, like, there's recordings of both of them same stage and like I mean they put it up on the show you really should watch Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee because it'll, oh, blow, it'll blow you away the shit they say one of the best episodes is the who's the host oh, his name has escaped me um, who's the host of Family Feud Steve Harvey Steve Harvey yeah, I like they show that. some of his older stand-ups when he had like the long, long yellow suits oh yeah and they talk about like his workshopping and like they go to a cigar bar him and Seinfeld and it's just like it, it's a cool looking image um, I'm, I'm hoping one day they have Mike Tyson on. Oh. Because he's funny. Yeah, yeah. People don't Just know that a him. lot. Oh. He, oh, my God. Like, he has a show on Adult Swim that's uh, Mike Tyson Solves Mysteries, and he's a voice actor, and it's exactly what you think it is, Hoover, where he's like, you gotta say these mysteries. <laughs> and you're like, oh, my God. Why did he want to do this? And it's like, that's exactly why he wanted to do this. He's he funny. wanted to tackle the lisp and make fun of it and be a fucking... Yeah. Like, it, the, it's a ridiculous show. Like, he, it's him in a van, and he has an Asian daughter, a ghost, and a fucking talking pigeon that's voiced by... Uh, oh, fucking... What's his name? Oh, he's like a white dude, new show host... Uh, Ronald McDonald, not Ronald McDonald, Ronald something, 
or no, it's like something McDonald. I can't fucking picture his name, but I could. I, I, I he's got a new show on Netflix too, um, and I feel bad about Belinda, but he's the voice actor, so it's like a deep voice, fucking like pigeon alcoholic, and it's like Christ in the handbasket. Why do you make these things? <laughs> like one of my favorite shows is either probably like Squidbillies. Do you ever watch that? No. See, okay, if you want like good free content, and I'm not even trying to plug them, but if they sponsored me, I would suck their cock. Um, Adult Swim. You got a half cock. Oh, yeah, half cock at least. <laughs> you know, we'll get like half a fucking whatever in there. Um, they have all their shows that they've ever made like on their website for free, like 100. percent And they have all of Squidbillies and Aqua Teen Hunger Force, and those two shows like are just so Squidbillies. Yeah, so it stands for Squid Hillbillies. So they're on Netflix. They're on like Adult Swim, and it's like. It's it's like you have you, like what I do is like I just watch it on my TV, but my TV is also like my monitor for my PC, yeah. so I can just go like adultswim.com and pull up their shows. I'll show it to you during the the music break when we whatever we fucking break. Um, but it's all about like squid hillbillies, and they're just so backwoods retarded, but they have amazing music tastes, and that's squid something to think about. Yeah, because like so he'll go like um. Uh, like, I remember in the first season when you see Early's ex and she's like a 400-pound white trash woman that just doesn't move a lot. Um, little squid person. He's like, <laughs> I love you, bitch. I will kill you. Like, he has this, this deep infatuation to murder her for some reason because they're exes. And he just is so outrageous because, like, n- there are no... I can't list you many characters in today's culture, animation or not, so that counts, like, SNL, that counts fucking Family Guy, it counts whatever you want to think of, that can really get away with doing such, like, explicit content. Like, oh my god, the shit they say. Like, they're still anti-gay on the show, but that's funny because they're from Georgia. Like, the show is based out of Georgia. So, like, they, they really play into the fucking, like, idea that you should fucking, like... Stay in your ways. Stay in your own way. Yeah, like, they're trying to be... No, not even that. Like, they're trying to be, like... They're doing the one thing in comedy nobody is allowed to do. Like, white supremacy humor, redneck humor, Confederate flags everywhere. Like, just... Getting away with be, it. Yeah, getting away with it. Because the characters are arguably mentally retarded. <laughs> Like, my favorite thing is the... So, like, the whole show is three squids. It's the son, it's Early, which is, like, the main character, kind of, and then it's Granny. Granny is my favorite character because Granny is voiced by the same person who does the milkshake in Aqua Teen Hunger Force, which is funny as fuck to me because he's a really good voice actor. He's been in so much comedy stuff. Like, another... uh, He's done... Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. He's the new... I'll have to show you some funny fucking shows. Um, I don't know any of these. But they're all fucking great and all have like really famous people that are in them and it's like when you see them you're like wow who made this? And you're like yeah. Adult Swim and you're like what the fuck? <laughs> like you don't think they're funny but like Adult Swim is arguably one of the funniest companies in existence. Um, so <laughs> it goes fucking early and Granny are like you don't know if it's like her son or her grandson, or her great-grandson. He refers to her as mom, grandmama, great-grandmama, and then sometimes they bang. <laughs> I gotta watch it. Because everybody bangs granny. But, like, she talks like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna get me some. 
Like she's so fucking funny, and like you real, like you really shit. And like every single episode, Early has like a different saying on his hats. So like one day it's like free hat, one limit, or like it'll be like women's wanna be me when man's wanna be me, cause the woman's are with me, and the man's wanna be me with the woman's I'm with me. <laughs> but my favorite rant was when they rob some dead people. And they go to, like, an election thing, and Early's sitting there in, like, a suit he clearly got from a dead person that was buried. And he's wearing it, and then his son comes in with a suit, and he goes, How dutifully, us business folk, and all that. And he's like, You ain't never, not, never, not gonna be no businessman, not, never, no, never, because I'm twice the businessman you'll ever be. And then he takes his fucking tie, and he goes, Twice the businessman! Like, his little tentacles. It's just fucking funny. Like, I don't know what it is. My, one of my favorite quotes ever, though, was when he goes, uh, he's trying to like impress this chick and he rolls up to the motel where she's banging this dude and he has like these two hookers on like a Trans Am, like fucking Mustang, like a crazy looking car, whatever. And it's just kind of like a sports car. Like they don't, there's obviously no logos because it's a silly cartoon, but like it's a nice car. And she doesn't want to be with him. She takes the girls and Early's out there crying by the door. And then he drives off and he goes, damn son where'd you get that car like the sheriff and he's like Randall and he's like good thing too cause that's some bitch it's hard to handle at the bottom of the lake I hit a tree and sent that thing clean off <laughs> and I'm like what the fuck early like he just does whatever he wants and like I just love the show cause it's so like they, they love David like they constantly quote like things like David Allen Coe uh, Charlie Daniels man which like I like oh yeah but they are low key kind of racisty figures because like not racisty, but like they're not ashamed of rebel flags. And while it's not a terrible thing, it's not a great thing nowadays. It definitely nah. severed some ties recently with some shit. And it's just, I don't know. Like in today's age, if you f flew a rebel flag, you're clearly going for a different message than back in the day. Right. But then again, like what are you really trying to defend and represent? And like that show doesn't even Care. try to pull punches. Like it's like. We are Georgia. We fly our flag, and like they they play into that, but then they also go into like way extremes to where like um, they find these fake letters that Granny writ wrote. Sorry, wrote to fucking um, what do you call it, General Lee, during the fucking Confederacy because oh. she's just super old, old and just lived forever, I guess. And letters of them talking, and like they the the Dan Halen, the guy who runs the town, like bought them and put a museum up, and it's like. All the the museum is just like the letters, so it's like somebody voicing General Lee and like them walking through the slides, and it's just absolutely ridiculous shit. It's like, yay, our harsh Negro masters would whip us resentlessly, and it's like white people in the in the fucking cotton fields picking shit, and it's like oh, T Pain or like uh, Flavor Flav, somebody like that. Like I can't remember what black rapper they animated as the whipper, but they like literally had, it was like, oh, yeah, and it's like, oh, lordy, ha, and it was just like, Jesus Christ, what other show can you tell me? Like, And then they just casually walk to the next thing that's really outrageous, casually walk to the next thing. Like, all of them are outrageous. Not only just that one, like, it just keeps getting worse. So like, I'm like, Oh my god. So like what other shows do you know that have the freedom to do that? But no. if you own your own network like Adult Swim did, that's why I like them cuz they they own all their own shit so they don't actually have to like listen to anybody about right. what they put they on put their on network. Cuz if you don't like it, you 100% do not have to watch it. Turn and that's kind of what I like about it because then 
It's kind of like yeah. how I envisioned Dad or you I've guys like always do what they want. They, it always kind of came on late at night, like on maybe that's why. <laughs> maybe and it would always be like every show of theirs would always start the same because it was their network. It'd always be like a black screen and then be like little white text and be like Adult Swim and it'd be like brr brr and then whatever and then it'd be like I mean they hosted like Family Guy for a while and no, like I other shows like that. that but like I can't even imagine like knowing and being that well into the community of comedy and being like oh you fucking we're on a network and like we know everybody we can get any like they get the the people they get on these shows are like the guest stars of everything like are crazy bonkers they help make um the eric andre show which is arguably one of the best shows in the interview world because it's the only show that went the totally opposite direction so like you know leno you know late at night yeah. you know fucking all like even all the older ones like um uh, the Today Show and the fucking like whatever Johnny Carson yeah Johnny Carson and like all like all whatever you want to fucking put in there like white guy behind desk with two chairs talking right. there's been a lot of a those lot of shows yeah. okay Eric Andre was like there's been so many of those I want to make one that's just the worst like I want to be the known as the worst one ever in the history of ever so. It's him at a desk, and he's like a mixed dude, and he's got a desk, and he's got like note cards every time, and there's like one chair. Hannibal Burris is his co-host, but he stands, and he stands like, so here's the desk, the chair, and then the fucking, he just stands Damn. to the right of the chair back, and the, every guest is like, do you want to sit, or like, and they're like, no, I'm good. They stand. It just weirds them out, and apparently secretly behind the show, like, they do a bunch of weird shit that they don't even tell you while you're watching the show, that like freaks the guest out, so they'll like turn the temperatures way up oh. but they'll never tell the audience because obviously like you're watching it and you're they're never going to be like hey we turn the temperature up because they're not about that kind of show that tells you the details it's just weird so like every guest is always really sweaty and like hot and like yeah. some guests smoke like salvia before they come on stage because it's i guess they do it in a place where salvia is legal so they'll just get them like fucked up and be like just like fucking time. I remember Jack Black on his, when he was on the show, they hit whippets and he was like, yeah. Because it's just, it, everything that happens in the show is just so bonkers crazy. Because they, Hannibal and Eric set up like a bunch of shit before the show and then yeah. it just happens. But they don't tell either of each other what they are doing. Oh. So it's even like they don't know how it's going to react. And like, I remember um, uh, Howard Stern was on the show. The bald dude. Not Howard Stern. Um, Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel. Yeah, Howie Mandel was on the show. And he's a germaphobe. I don't know if you know that. Oh, one. yeah. Yeah. So Eric Andre, he's just like talking to him. And all of a sudden, he just like throws apart the desk. And he's just like... And he's just sitting there. And they're still talking. And then he get, gets a shovel and starts digging up dirt from under the stage, oh. like carpet. And he's like, what is happening? And then Eric Andre's just like, there's just a bunch of squids down here. And just starts pulling out like actual squids Squid. and he's just like you want some of these he goes please don't <laughs> and it's just it's so bad like i remember um oh fuck what was it there was some, i want to say it was like i don't remember who the guest was but like sometimes the chair will change like it'll just be really big or be really small not like really really small but like just different and one time it was way bigger and the guy that was on the chair Nobody knew this until, like, after an interview, but I guess, like, somebody was inside the chair tickling his taint the whole time he was in there. So, like, the whole... Because nobody figured out why, like, the whole Jumping time he was, like, he was, like, this the whole show. He was, like... Because like, he didn't want to say it. He was, like... Yeah. It was just fucking, like... 
to go that barrel. I mean, he's been on like uh, very famous talk shows to talk about, like Eric Andre, like to talk about his show and like how it's so fun to go the complete opposite of that and have just a fucking piece of shit dirt ball. That's why I do this show. You know what I mean? It's the disappointing radio show and I model it like it's the worst thing in the world but really it's just me talking right. like however to fucking however whoever. Yeah, exactly. Um, to just, because I, I, I do this show like I do a normal conversation. Right. I just talk the same oh. way uh, like off camera. Like as soon as it stops like camera i fuck it maybe that's why they're they're confused because i refer to the mic like a camera because everybody's like good storytelling and i'm like is it though i think it's just me rambling for a while and you're like jesus christ when's the music break so i can potentially stop listening um i think i brought this up off mic so i'm gonna bring it up once because i think it's fucking hilarious your best friend is callie yes my granddaughter and she is a little mixed baby yeah and at times i asked you off mic is it alarming sometimes to you ever does somebody ever come up in the sense that they're like whose kid is this because <laughs> yeah. like you being a tall bald man pretty fit with a small mixed child they're like i do get some because because I, I think they look i i think what they're looking for is like the black wife right but she <laughs> sh no exists because it's your daughter's child right and it's your grandchild so then there's already this other layer to it that they don't even know about and they're like what well, the I, fuck is happening? I always tell her she's not allowed to call me Papaw when we're out in public by ourselves. Do you? Yes, in case there's some hot chicks rolling around. I don't want to be a Papaw. You want to be I a... I want to be a single dad. Yeah. Oh, fuck God. You need to get that sympathy. You might need that card of, uh, oh, the baby. Is this yours? Like, oh, of course. I, I said her mom rang off when she was born. <laughs> and, and I got stuck with her. And I'm oh, doing my God. My, that makes so much sense. Best. I'm doing my best I can. Do you watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I don't think I've ever seen it. What you're saying right now is called the Dennis system. And it's an acronym for his name because he's such a sadistically weird person that he's like, first, D, dependable. Make them depend on you. Oh, I have a fucking baby, but the wife ran away. That's where you get the E. And like he he goes oh, through yeah. all the steps and it's like, there's a reason for all these different things. So they, and there's like, so his is like, um, he goes to a bar with a leash, just a leash. And they're like, so why do you guys have, why do you have a leash, Dennis? He goes, the girl will ask me, where is my dog? And I'll be like, oh, he's, you know, I have his leash here because, you know, I have him tied up outside. Um, I can't have him inside. I'll freak him out. And they're like, oh, that's sweet. We go on about our date. And then we go outside. No dog. Ran off. Ran off. <laughs> oh, no. They're going to see me break down. And melt in their arms. Oh, my dog's gone. What do I do? And even if they want to go look, we'll look. We'll find no dog. Well, that's my next move. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> After I'm sad, I can't find my dog. They'll console me with sex at my apartment. And they just, but then he like doesn't stop there. He goes, After that, I sneak out. Never call her again. Wait four months, call her back, and say I had to go through deep emotional trauma because after I lost my dog, my grandma died, and I and it just keeps getting worse. And you're like, oh fuck, oh. sounds perfect. And then he's like, I'll call it, and then she'll be like, your grandma died, and we'll bang again, and it's better because <laughs> then it's I love you, I'm sorry, your grandma died, sex, and then we'll bang again in the next morning, and then I'll leave never to be seen again. And I'm like, oh my god, Dennis, you are statistically weird. And so clever.
So clever. So clever. I and I'm like, oh, that. Christ, why can't we admit that, that at the point you're like, that's pretty clever. That is. Yeah. Um, well, you see me next week walking around with the leash, you know why. <laughs> one, of them, one of them, he goes to, like, a, tries to get a pharmacist, and he, like, bangs her a bunch, and goes through, like, he's picking up meds for his dying grandma, and that's the in. And I'm like, oh, my God, Dennis. Like, <laughs> so there's, like, an episode where, like, Charlie's mom gets cancer. Is one of the characters, Charlie Day. And there's like five of them in the game, which one of them is Danny DeVito. And that yeah. image of that Danny DeVito yeah. cutout is from that show. Dude, he goes, guys, my mom has cancer, and i got to figure this out. And Dennis goes, oh, man, that's just awful. And Charlie goes, what the fuck was that, dude? And he goes, I'm sorry, that wasn't very genuine, was it? He goes, no, I could sense that was very not true. And he goes, it's just, I don't know, this cancer thing's just not really hitting me. And he's like, are you, is this a joke? Are you joking right now? Like, he just flips out and he goes, I, just, I don't know. I'm just, I can't, I don't have, like, emotions. And Mac and Charlie are like, you don't have emotions? He's like, no, not really. And it's like, what do you mean you don't feel? And it's like, I just, you know, I'm just, I'm just kind of, like, here. And they're just like, well, this is getting extremely sad. So they go through a whole fucking series of, like, trying to cure cancer, but also trying to knock some feelings loose in Dennis. Right. What's so it De called again? Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Always it's on Hulu, and it's arguably one of the best shows on television. Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Because Seinfeld was on for, what, 17 or 16 seasons? A long time. They are at 14, and they are a live-action sitcom like that. And they are going for the record to beat sit like the most because yeah. to my knowledge the record holder for longest running sitcom in person is Seinfeld. They're going for that record. Always sunny. In it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Isn't that a weird? And now yeah. and I'm not trying to shit you, but it's yeah. I have put many sound bites from that show in this fucking radio show because it's so funny. Like my favorite rant that I've ever made is a sound bite when I was, used to be live radio was this reminds me of and then I'll hit it and it's like. It's the He-Man intro where you hear the, the sword, and it's like, By the power of Grayskull, I have... And then it cuts to a bit from Always Sunny where Danny DeVito is cutting through a line in a water park because he's pretending to have an AIDS. So <laughs> he goes, his goes, I have AIDS, I got AIDS, got, uh, you know, got him in the 80s, and it's just him talking about AIDS, and then Charlie chimes in, he goes, you know, it's the gay AIDS, he goes, well, it's not the gay AIDS, you know, there's two kinds of AIDS, there's a, there's a needle-based AIDS, and there's vagina kind of AIDS, I'm the vagina kind of guy, uh, you know, there's no, and, and Charlie goes, well, my test did show it was the gay AIDS, and Frank goes, all AIDS are bad, you know, some AIDS are worse, but all AIDS are bad, but I have AIDS, and he just cuts in front of like a cancer kid, and he goes, yeah, beat it, shrimp. It's just so bad. Oh, like, I love scum yeah. of comedy. What is it about... I don't, I don't even want... Some comics are well-sharpened knives and very pristine. That's not enough for me. I need a well-sharpened knife that has rusted for years. And I want that to dig in them. Just leave them with... I don't want to stab them. I want to leave them with potentially diseases <laughs> afterwards. You know what I mean? I want long-term effects of jokes. I want you to think about this. I want you to wake up one night and be like... Oh my God, that's what he meant by this. Like, I want to be one of those comedians where, like, oh. you get a joke years later and they're like, holy shit, I'm just getting it now and I feel fucking dumb now. <laughs> like, I want to blow somebody away with some bit that, like, I do as a kid and they're like, that was pretty good. And then they watch it years later and they're like, oh shit, he meant, oh, oh like that kind of effect. But I don't know if, like, if I'm there yet. I don't know when you cross the threshold of funny. But, like, I think I've always been funny. Yeah. Okay, let me ask you this because you, you saw me 
Grow birth. Yeah. yeah, you saw me develop. I think yeah. Ejac potentially because my dad's weird. Um, <laughs> so when when did I first make you laugh? Uh, I'd say around tenth grade. Okay. Do you remember what it was about potentially? So I try to always reminisce with people and see if probably, they can pinpoint like probably what the... you're golfing. Okay. Watching golf and don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Most people about... get mad, throw shit, you just laugh. Yeah, I'm like, oh my you just god. Stare, have fun. Yeah, I'm just trying my best to laugh, and it's so hard because like, and just don't give a shit. Like I got a 17 on one hole. Yeah, that's what I love about you. And I like, okay, so I'm on, um, oh, fuck, not. I want to say Pantera, but it's not Pantera, and I don't know why I'm trying to say Pantera. It's well, the if golf. You got course. a 17 at Pantera, you should shoot yourself. Yeah, exactly. Cause it's not Pantera. <laughs> I could drive greens if it's there because it was so small yeah. and hard and the ball would run. But I'm talking about the golf course that's like, uh, it's not even 18 holes. It's nine, uh, it's 27 holes. You got to go to the other 18 under the bridge. Oh, you see what I mean? I can't, Arcanum. Arcanum, maybe. Yeah. yeah, whatever that golf course is in Arcanum. Wow, I, yeah. I, I was there so much. That's I just it. don't give a fuck about golf. Yeah. Wow, it's like, I don't give a <laughs> I shit. <know> <laughs> that's what I thought. I've never seen you so funny. But, like, I had scale. I just... I oh, yeah, yeah. I scale. wanted to do other stuff. Yeah. I just didn't want to... Or, if we changed a few of the rules in golf, I think it would be way more fun. Like, okay, why should you get a penalty for talking to your opponents? I didn't I want to have... Yeah, you can get a penalty for talking to your opponents if they don't want to talk to you. So, like... Uh, exactly. That's bullshit. Like, why not talk to your opponents and have fun and be like, hey, man... Random pitch, but, like, you also have a wedgie in your ass crack for these shorts, right? We all look ridiculous in this 40-degree weather on an 8 a.m. morning on Thursday. I know we're all skipping school, but I am not loving the way my balls feel, and I'm wondering how yours do. How do you not want to pitch something like that? Yeah. Just, I mean, we're all there doing the same thing. Well, I didn't know you could get a penalty. Yeah, you can. Well, I, I mean, mean, some people, you can't swear in a golf course. That kills me. There's no music on golf courses. We should. Golf is dying, and it's sad to me because I love golf. But less kids are playing it because it's not. They're keeping it the exact fucking same. At some point, sports evolve. Baseball gets a little better over time. Basketball has minor rule changes. Um, what about fucking? I don't really watch a lot, but cricket. Cricket was one game forever, and then they all of a sudden changed it to where it was like half the size and way more fun, and it was driven towards a younger audience. Okay, why don't we have a version of golf that lets you wear whatever the fuck you want? I want to wear whatever I want. It doesn't matter if there's certain clothes that help your game. Let people be comfortable. Yep. Let everybody drive carts. Let ev It's good exercise if you want to do it for that, but let everybody drive golf carts. Why I don't understand why even the pros walk. Let them drive yeah. cards. I think it'd be funny as fuck to see fat dudes on the tour. Whoever is the best. There's fat dudes in bowling. Oh, yeah. Let's... They serve beer at the fucking bowling things on ESPN. What do you mean? They're there with pizza on camera. What other sport do you know can do that? Let fucking everybody have fun. Let the fats yeah. be on golf courses. You're excluding fats from golf also. Fat people don't play golf as much unless they can have a cart. They and that's to be that yeah exactly. So they're like fat. You never see any fat there people on the tour. Fat people in golf. Yeah, if there was a fat guy on the on tour, tour, maybe that's why they like the the meats guy because he's kind of big, but he's still athletic. Oh, um, I digress. I think we should let music be on the golf course. I think you should be able to just to fucking drink and fucking once weed's legal, smoke a blunt on the golf course. That would be fun as shit. Wear whatever you want. Everybody's in carts. I think that'd be a whole day of fun to me because oh. we used to do that. Back when I was in high school, we used to fucking go out, me and fucking Tyler and fucking, like, my little crew that would golf, 
and we and two of them had never really golfed before, but we were just fucking around. Um, and it was just fun to like play a different. Like we had music, right. we walked, but like it was just different. You, we talked out loud. We were laughing. We didn't give a shit who heard us because we were like. One chick was like, "You messed up my backswing," and fucking Jonathan that was with us, Turner, he was like, "Fuck, I'll fuck up your front swing. Come here, baby." She's like an eighty-year-old woman. She's like, "I never," and went off. And I'm like, Jonathan, don't try to bang old women during my backswing, please. You're really throwing my concentration off. Bang, try to bang them when I can listen. I don't want to fucking tune in because I, I want to miss this juicy conversation. All right. <laughs> Do you have any good golf stories? Like, what's your favorite <laughs> golf story? Yeah, I know. I mean, you have a lot of good golf stories. Oh, yeah. But what's your favorite, like, golf story with my dad? That'll that'll help me a little bit. Well, hell, there's so many. <laughs> I know, because you guys golf a lot and do a lot of weird shit when you golf sometimes. Oh, my you guys God. also do, like, weird tournaments, too. Well, I'm not real proud of this one, but that happened at the golf tournament. Oh, my God, the arm thing. Yeah, tell that story. I wasn't even going to bring all your injury up, but yeah. Yeah, well, I was in the Parkinson's there, and it, I used to get down in the skibbies there and swim across the pond, so this, <laughs> about five years ago, I thought I'd just do a cartwheel into the pond. It had been raining all day, <laughs> and I might have had a few beverages. Might have had a few drinks. It was second to last hole, so I'm sure I did. Oh, my God. You... So Bob riding with Bob Van Pelt. He's riding with me, so I get down in the old skibbies, go to plant the dismount arm, yeah, <laughs> and it slides a little bit, and uh, I didn't get airborne on the cartwheel, where the arm shattered in two pieces, <laughs> and uh, I'm holding my arm, and I try to pull it back over, <laughs> and I go, Bob, I think I might have broke my arm here. <laughs> <laughs> you have to casually say, yeah. Bobby, that boy, I'm out of broke my arm right here. He goes, I know you did, dumbass. I heard it pop all the way over here. Oh, my God. So I'm playing with a guy from Indy. He goes, he goes, I don't give a shit if you broke your arm or not. You need to swim across that pond. What? Yeah, so I go ahead and I get in the pond. You're kidding me. Yeah, so I'm swimming and I can't hardly raise my left arm to... to, to Keep swimming. Just seeing every dog so the then uh, Bob goes, get your ass out of that pond now. So, of course, I listen to him, jump up out. Yeah. He's driving me up to the clubhouse. He's yelling at everybody, get out of the way, get out of the way. I yeah, I can see Bob, angry oh, yeah. ass Bob, like, get out of the way, get out of the way. Coming man, through. Man's dying here. Coming well, through. Right, got Bob, he's, he's not dying. So he, he passed me off to the clubhouse, and then Joe Peroni's wife was waiting to pick me up there. She <laughs> takes me to the hospital. And then, uh, like six, six a plate and six screws later, I'm back to normal, baby. You have a whole. Do you like the scar though? No. I think no, scars I actually, are cool. I actually went to the doctor, and I thought it looked like shit, and he told me it was coming along great. It does look good, honestly. And like, I, I, I think scars are constant reminders. Of... Oh well, I got a few. <laughs> I got one at home constantly remind me a lot. Oh my god. Um, I got a few. Damn, I didn't even think you were going to tell like, the broken here, arm story. That's when you're coming from the TV I pulled down on my head at Alibi. <laughs> <laughs> you pulled the TV on your head? Yeah, like, you just like, down? Yeah, it was hanging on the... They had them mounted on the wall, on <laughs> chains. So for some reason, I thought it'd be cool to p pull it down. <laughs> and it hits me in the head. And oh, then, my uh, God. Uh, 
Jackson cuts me with a coat hanger what? Over, over in the corners and make me bleed. Why? Then it made it look like the TV did. <laughs> <laughs> so it takes him about four rips to cut my head finally with a so coat hanger. you're just letting this dude cut your head? Yeah, with a coat hanger. <laughs> and then they take me to the hospital and they go, uh, you might come back tomorrow, bud, because you're way too... Uh, intoxicated the night to do anything. With yeah, because you. you're bleeding too much. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Hoover. Um, I want to bring up A. You're an ordained minister, right? Yes. Oh my God. Can you tell me your favorite doing a wedding? No, Who's your favorite? You've fun. married this person. Uh, they're all fun. I've done them in bars. Swimming pool. Really? Churches. Really? Golf courses. I can't see you in a church marrying people. Oh, yeah. Farm. What was your favorite, like, your favorite experience of, like, meeting them and doing that? Because I'm sure you talk to them afterwards or you're like, oh, yeah. Like, what, what they're was They're mostly everybody I do is friends. Okay. Friends and, uh, I don't, I don't really do people. I just had a girl the other day call me, want me to do a, marry, marry him on a Halloween like a zombie. Oh, you know what it seems? Yeah, she went. Yeah, she went a theme wedding. Yeah, this, she went this a Halloween, Halloween wedding. And I don't even know her, so I'm gonna pass. You don't know if it's for like a vampire cult. No, they might no, try they to might kill eat me. You. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've married most people of all my friends. Okay. How was the pool one? You married the oh, in that was a pool? my cousin. Yeah. In a pool? Yeah. They, oh my in god. In their swimming pool, and uh, in their backyard. What do you wear in a pool? Do you wear the actual no, outfit? I wear swimming trunks. Okay. So. <laughs> Was well, it more of a spur of the moment, deal. or was no, it a... Here's what happened. They were married for 16 years, and he got a new job. Uh-huh. And he went up to um, change his insurance. Yeah. They needed his marriage certificate or whatever. Well, the guy never turned it in. They married him, signed the papers. Oh. So they legally weren't married. So he said it would take like 30 days to get all that, that done. Or... And I said, or I'll marry you in five minutes. Yeah. So they go, oh, really? I said, yeah, let's go up and get the marriage license. Yeah. What are we going to do? I said, well, it's hot. Let's do it in the pool. The pool. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's a good That's a good sales pitch. Oh, yeah. You were like, I bet I could just get a wedding in a pool. And then they're so... It's funnier than when it's your cousin because it just right. kind of like... Then all the family was there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a pool toy floating by and it's like, we're gathered here today. And then it's just like a fucking kid drowning. <laughs> In the background, everyone's exactly. like, "Jerry, calm down." Jumping in off the diving my, board. Maybe my dad. It's like, right, if you're gonna drown, drown way quieter over there. <laughs> the pool's for everybody, but we're about to kick you out, and it's I'm well, just that's fucking gargling. BZ always said, "If you're gonna suck at golf, suck fast." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I love BZ oh, because yeah. the stories that Dad's told me, like of his guitar playing. Oh, he's are, amazing. But like, I've I haven't seen it in person myself. Oh, he was like, oh my god, he used to play with his teeth, yeah. with his fucking behind, behind his the back, head, yeah. behind his back, and I'm like, what? He was like, yeah, VZ's probably the best guitar player in the world. And he told me that VZ played on the Charlie Daniels Band's one album that is Done Went Down to Georgia, because they were in Nashville. Yeah, and he's played Is that one. true? Yeah, and he's played on the... Well, that's just a casual yeah, New, very or- New Orleans. Famous act of oh, fucking wow. music. He's... He's a bad boy, I'm telling you. What else did he do? He's played in New Orleans several times. Just goes up there for business and goes up to listen to a band. They ask, he asks if he could play in, and then he's like way better than the guy that was playing in the band. <laughs> yeah. Well, because he's from... like every year when he went back down there. Well, because he's from like 
those Van Zants, right? Yeah. So like, can you okay? Can you tell me like how he's related? To the Van Zandt's? It's like... Because Dad said they went to the wedding. And I'm like, yeah. what do you mean you went to the wedding? Because I mean, we went some, to the Van Zandt wedding. And I was like, what is that? He's like cousin. You know how it goes down the line. Yeah, but still Third, matters well, enough to oh, go to yeah. the wedding? Or, like, was he playing the wedding? No. Like, I mean, he's a Van Zandt, so... Yeah. He could be a fifth cousin, fourth Whatever, cousin, and they're going to be like, yeah, come yeah. on in. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. How are you related to, like, such an incredible music group and just casually possess that skill and, right. and not... Like what's like? I, I get he does business stuff, but like, how does how does he not just fucking like? Well, he pursue and he got family, kids and all that. that yeah, but Caleb kind of went AWOL, so I don't yeah, think he, you have to worry about that. Well, that's <laughs> a long time ago. Yeah, I love Caleb. I don't even know he fucking is enlisted anymore. I remember he went and was just chasing that army chick, and I was like, Caleb, I no. haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, that's where he went. He was just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go chase his army chick, and I don't even know if he's still with her or not. <laughs> well, love you, Caleb. I mean, we grew up together, but a piece of me was like. Yeah, I don't know. Move, I haven't seen him. <laughs> I am. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. He's VZ's awesome on the guitar. You guys are. No, we played. We went every weekend, and watched their bands. You and I heard the, the other next, day. The you you kind of live in Richmond, band. so you might know this more than me. Dave told me that the fourth floor fourth floor blues club was going to open a open mic for comedy. Oh there. really? Is See, that I, true? I don't know. I, I or at least it. host it. If they did that, I would fucking perform there. I love fourth floor blues club. Yeah. So like. Well, I could ask Phil because he's on the board. You should ask him for me I and will. then let me know because I would love if there's an open mic. I would love to perform. Yeah. And like, oh my god, like I just like, I, I just gotta build that'd more be great. video material. That'd be great for you. Yeah, but like, I'm not trying to be that kid. Some comics can only do like ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Whoever, I'm not showing you. I can do two hours of just bullshit. Because <laughs> it's this. Yeah. I just talk to the audience like an actual person. That like helps. it's different and. I treat people like you should treat people realistically, and while I'm up there, like I'm, I'm full punches. My favorite hassler slash like heckler was when I did my first paid show ever. Neither of my parents went because they didn't want to fucking burden themselves with their son's first paid show. Um, it, I could see mom's work from the hotel because it was oh, really? the glass room at the uh, Hilton, uh, oh, really? the like whatever fucking hotel. So I'm there, all black crowd. <laughs> all black comics. Oh. The only white people there are, and I shit you not, Jim and Sandy, Teresa Glander, Skip, our crazy ass uncle, but I love him forever because he came. Uh, like two other individuals, like Donna, and like I don't know if you know like the Lane family and like that, but Logan and Carson came, like two of my buddies that I drove up with because yeah. I was like, I need somebody to buy. So I had like a small faction of white people and they all sat in the <laughs> same corner. corner and I was like, look at this segregated bullshit. So I like, I sat some of the black girls in up between. near them and like this one big black girl, um, I was just bullshit with the crowd before the shows cause I like talking to people, just random people. Yeah. Um, and I shit you not, I'll tell the story cause I don't give a shit. Um, so there's this big ass black girl. She's not fat, but she's thick. She's a little fat. She's got a big stomach. But she's, like, not, like, overweight, overweight. And every comic, even the gay one, has referenced, like, banging her in their sets. So the first one goes up and is like, you know, baby, if you didn't talk so much, I'd probably fuck the shit out of you and, like, something like that. Um, and she, because she's just talking through the sets and they're laughing about it. Next guy comes up. 
he's gay and he goes, you know, honey, if you weren't so talkative, maybe I could turn it from behind and pretend like you're one of my ex, my ex-boyfriends. But really, if you keep talking, you're going to ruin it for us. So he even made a joke about it. The third comic comes up and goes, damn, baby, you thick as fuck when you talk too much. And like all this shit. Now there's me, because I'm the other comic. And there's like a there's a, a dude between us that's hosting everything, so there's right. like a lot of material throughout the night. And even he referenced it like a lot. So I'm like, fuck, I have to do this. And before we even went, anybody on stage, we had a meeting before, and they were like, I mean, it's all these black guys, and then I walk up, and they're like, hey, you need something, man? <laughs> and I'm like, no, nah, man, I'm a comic. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, hey, what's up, man? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, you should go last, because you're white. And I'm like, what? And it's like, you'll be the headliner, and we'll say you're mixed. And I was like, I don't think that's a good idea, because I don't know if anybody has working eyeballs, but I look more Jewish than I do black, <laughs> and I am not Jewish. Yeah. So, as I say that, they introduced me as mixed, didn't give a shit. Uh, I come upstairs, they're like, what the, f-? I hear one lady later go, what the fuck? And I'm like, <laughs> what up? <laughs> I do my whole set. And then at some point, I reference the girl, and I'm like, hey, baby, just because I'm the white guy don't mean I won't fuck you. If anything, I'm probably the only realistic one that's going to fuck you. Because at the time, I was single, and I was like, you know, you ain't going to get this creamy, milky white dick if you don't behave, baby. Like, I was just fucking playing into it. And, like, I love black crowds. And, like, they're just funner. Yeah. Black crowds feel like they want to be there. White crowds don't feel like they want to be at a comedy show for some reason. But then they laugh, but, like, it's just... It's different vibes. I don't right. know if that makes sense. I don't know if that's yeah. racist, but like it's it's just I, I prefer doing crowds of black people. They're just funner to me. I don't yeah, know why. There's a lot more. There's energy in the yeah. room. It's just funner. Like oh, and like uh, how big was that place? It was, it was not a big room, but the tickets were kind of expensive. Oh yeah. So I was like, I didn't know if I felt honored. I got a hundred bucks for it. Dude, did you feel bad in front of your grandma? Not at all. I did a so midway through my set, I go, all right, let's let's slow it down. Let's talk about some serious shit for a minute. Let's get a little political. And I flip my chair and I sit down. I'm like I'll, I'll make this stand up and sit down and come down to your level. All right. So I talk to him and I go. So I got fingered the other day. And just kind of let that ring out. And one girl was like, "What?" And I was like, "By a girl." So now is it gay? And they were like. Huh. And I was like, because if it's a dude, it's gay. But, like, it was a girl. We had to account for, like, nails and fucking, you know, fucking her busy schedule of fucking getting her nails done. A lot of nails went into this, is what I'm saying. So, <laughs> you know, you have to plan it, you, and you have to clean for it, and you have to fucking, and someone was like, what? And I'm like, what do you mean, what? You have to clean for this. You're not just going to walk into this, like, muddy shoes in the back porch of a white carpet you're not just going to fucking waltz through and hope for the best. It's not going to work out. It's guaranteed to make a mess. So I was like, so I was cleaning in the shower. And by the way, nothing happened. Your boy did his best to fucking clean the grease trap. But I made the joke that like, you know, and then I stood up and I was like, you know, what the fuck are you, you to judge me? You know, if I fingered your assholes, when I find shit, are you cleaning as well as you should? And they were like, well, and it's like, let me finger your asshole. Let me see. And they're like, and then by this point, I've got everybody like. Dying Dying. in the room and fucking whatever. Because I just think it's funny to go those places a lot of comics won't. Yeah. Or indulge in subject matter that anybody should be able to access. If a gay comedian can make a joke about getting fingered, so should a straight comedian. If a black comedian can talk about fucking, like, racial equality, so can a white person. If a fucking, like, Muslim fucking comic talks about, like, terrorism, I'm gonna make some terrorism jokes because I think they're funny. 
You know what I mean? Right. Everything's funny to me. And Jerry Seinfeld said it best. After a famous person dies, after a tragic at attack on some kind of country, after anything bad, a comedian has a joke two minutes after. Right there. Two minutes after. Not day after, not week. Two minutes. He's got it. He's like, man, that's bad, yeah, but... uh this <laughs> you know <laughs> good material yeah cause it's fresh but the thing that defines a good comedian is how long do you actually appropriately wait to deliver the material right you don't give it same day you can write it all you want don't give it same day right there was a comedian in our community recently that made a joke about Kobe Bryant dying like dying day happening hmm I didn't go over to two hours in like everybody getting the news everybody's like oh my god Kobe Bryant's dead he goes all of a sudden I just really have an urge for Kobe beef and I was like dude not even appropriate timing no. and everybody hounded him and like he was a mean comic to me so a piece of me was like fuck you nigga <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's not right same day I was like dude too soon like oh I mean I wrote some I tried. I was like, uh, Kobe Bryant. I was like, I don't even really know. I had to look up his number. I was like, fuck, I don't, even, I don't know nothing about sports. Like, because <laughs> I don't, it's just not my jam. You know what I mean? Like, I love, I love my older brothers, but I don't really give a shit if they're playing well or not. You know what I mean? Because they're family. And I tell that to Frank when I did the show. I told that to Didi and I told that to Jaren. I was like, hey, I don't give a shit if you're good at sports or not. At the end of the day, we're just close. And that's why I like you and... Cali, because you guys are just close because you're family. Oh, yeah. It's not, you don't give a shit about, because I know, and I hate to say this, but like, I feel like sometimes when there's like, all of a sudden a black kid, sometimes families get weird and some parts of the family divvy off for right. some reason. And that some reason is because they have a problem with black people for right. some reason. And that's shitty. Yeah. I, I mean, no family is immune to it. I learned many years later, my right. great-grandfather Orville was the most racist. Well, it's <laughs> the just, most it's, racist. It's changed a lot over yeah. the years. So it's just, it's, it's nice that it's refreshing to see you and Callie's relationship right. of a healthy fucking like. Oh yeah, she's she's my the best friend. One. Yeah, she, I fucking damn. We've been for an hour. When um, I go. That's hilarious. When I get up, I call her. When I go to bed, I call her. Oh. I drive over here to Dayton three times a week to pick her up. That's hilarious. Um. Jesus. Damn, I don't want to cut your Cali story off because I fucking love her. I'm, I'm going to ask to see some recent pictures of her because I haven't seen her. Well, I've seen pictures of her in a minute, but like, I just miss Cali. I need to see her. Yeah, you need but to I see need, her. But I, I need to find the time. Um, we've been going for a while. I'll probably have to put a culture shock at some point in between halfway through because we went for a fucking hour. Um, this has been the Disappointing Radio Show. This is Culture Shock. Uh, we'll be back after this music break. This has been, for at least for reference, in chair one. Hoover. Hoover. <laughs> and we will be back after this, you pieces of shit. Bye. Please enjoy this next culture shock. I think it's one that suits the show very well. Because not my guest is not old, but it's still, he's an old man to me because he's I just, you know, I call my old man old man. And he's like a father to me, so, you know, I don't really know where this bit is going. Listen, Hoover, I hope I didn't hurt your feelings, you old man. And please enjoy Old Man by Neil Young, if you couldn't tell where the fuck it was going. Ha 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 ha. It's comedy.
there's so much more Live alone in a paradise That makes me think of two Love lost such a cost Give me things that don't get lost Like a coin that won't get tossed Rolling home to you I don't know any other way to say this. I guess I'll just say it. Hoover told me something in the show that really resonated with me. I just, I've never really given a shit. So maybe I should lean into that strength. And I think that's kind of fucking funny. So Hoover, this one's for you. Because I think at the, no matter what hour of need I may be in, I think I could call you tears and eyes and explain the situation. And you would always just say, buddy, buddy, I'm not mad at you. So this song is dedicated to you specifically, Hoover. I'm not mad at you by Tupac. Please enjoy. Change? Shit. I guess change is good for any of us. Whatever it takes for any of y'all niggas to get up out the hood. Shit, I'm with you. I ain't mad at you. Y'all nothing but love for you. Do you think, boy? Yeah. All the homies that I ain't talked to, well, I'ma send this one out for y'all. Know what I mean? Cause I ain't mad at you. Heard y'all tearing up shit out there. Kicking up dust, giving a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, niggas. Cause I ain't mad at you. Now we was once two niggas of the same kind. Quick to holler at a hoochie with the same line. You was just a little smaller, but you still rolled. Got stressed to buy A and hit the hood swole. Remember when you had a Jerry Curl? Didn't quite learn. On the block with your Glock, tripping off shirt. Collect calls to the tilt, saying how you 
change You a Muslim now, no more dope game Heard you might be coming home, just got bail Wanna go to the mosque, don't wanna chase tail It seems I lost my little homie, he's a changed man It's the pen and now no sinning, it's the game plan When I talk about money, all you see is the struggle When I tell you I'm living large, you tell me it's trouble Congratulations on the wedding I hope your wife knows she got a player for life And that's no bullshitting I know we grew apart You probably don't remember I used to feed for your sister But never went a bender And I can see us after school We bomb on the first motherfucker With the wrong shit on Now the whole shit's changed And we don't even kick it Got a big money scheme And you ain't even with it Knew in my heart you was the same Motherfucker bad Go toe to toe when it's time for growth You got a promise back And I can't even trip Cause I'm just laughing at you You trying hard to maintain Then go ahead Cause I ain't mad at you
crossed the line with me. I've had guys throw barbecues at me. They've broke the windows out of my car. They've cursed and sworn at me. But the bottom line is I ain't shook. Cause if the right hook comes out, crazy mother of us like you get knocked out. Don't be looking me in the eyes, boy. I ain't got no candy for you. No candy except for the right hook. Let's get back to the show before one of you at home catch one of these crazy right hooks, you crazy mother of Huh! Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I never know how to intro it back, um, so I just jump in it like a fucking roller coaster. Um, <laughs> how have... How have you been, like, jet lag-wise, like, traveling and, like... Because did you... You flew to Florida. Oh, yeah. That's not... I get... Jump right back into it. I kind of get a little jet lag. Like, I'm not gonna lie. When I first land in Florida, when I first would get back from Ohio, I feel like I'm just, like, beaten up. Oh, yeah. Like, I just had, like, a rough sex day. It took two days. It takes about two days to get back to normalcy. (laughs) (laughs) It wears you down. How was, um... So you've been, I assume, still doing gutters. Yeah. How's that been going? It's going great. The winter was pretty good winter. Dad told me a story of your of your uh, exploits of being a gutter person when you went and did a dude's roof, and then he came out and he was like, "What the fuck are you on my roof for?" And he had the wrong address. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. That happened in Eaton. Did he offer to pay? No. That's funny as well. It was his neighborhood. They all looked the same. Yeah. All the I houses. hate that. I hate that. And, Maybe that's a ploy. And the reason that we were putting him up, because he had his antenna taken down in the back. Oh. So the gutters were short. Yeah. So I go, I knock all the gutters off the front of the house. Mm-hmm. Then I walk around back and there's an antenna up. <laughs> so right away I figured I had the wrong house. You're like, fuck. <laughs> so we tried to put him back up. But yeah. It didn't work too good. Yeah, see, so like, fuck, I just gotta put new gutters on, I guess. Well, yeah, of course the guy <sighs> took it. He knew he had us by the balls. So yeah. He got a like, free oh, set of gutters. I, I didn't fucking ask you to fucking. Yeah, he wasn't home, so we tried to get him back up there, but evidently his neighbor told him or something. No, see, that's the worst. Dave told me a story about uh, he was painting something in New Paris, and, like, the dude in New Paris that just takes photos of everybody, like, reported him, and, like, I was like, he's getting paint in the water system. And oh. it's lead-based paint. And it's going to kill everyone. Like Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> and he fucking, they had, like the next day, they had the sheriff out there, the county sheriff, the oh G- like, like two different branches of like GPA, like what the fuck ever. Like I don't even know. Like the bureaus of like poison, like whatever. <laughs> and they were like, we tested the water. There's no fucking lead in it. This guy calls a lot. And I'm sorry he reported you. Um... But you do need sheets below so it doesn't get in the gravel. So that's really the only thing we can knock you on. He's like, all right, I guess. Like, Dave oh, yeah. like, okay. Like, he didn't really give a shit. But, like, the fact that somebody goes out of their way takes time out of their day to be like, yeah, fuck pit- that other person. What? Why do you think people do that? I think it's a thing of, like, power. People just want to yeah. feel in control of like, I don't other understand people. it. I think that's why people it's sometimes... Pitiful. Not... I don't think that's why some people teach, but I think that's why some people want to be, like, principal and like other shit like that sometimes because i think they like the ability to say like what's right and wrong in a school because really what is right and wrong right and that's where i mean there's certain guidelines for schools but a lot of the times schools are kind of unrealistic about the real world and they don't prep you for how much people swear and do other things in the real world right 
you shouldn't. I mean, you should shelter, but you shouldn't shelter really for fucking realistic purposes. Right. Yeah. Two things: book smart, street smart. Street smarts. Yeah. You went to Richmond. Yes. How was that growing up in Richmond? Uh, It changes. (laughs) It was a good one back when we were kids. It's a little rougher now. The world's changing though. Yeah. But it's not Richmond. Yeah. The whole world's changing. Do you have any good stories from growing up in Richmond when you were young? Oh, we just always, over on the west side, man, we always played. Dad talked about always. the neighborhood bully. I always played. I mean, we don't, all summer long. Dad told me about your guys' neighborhood bully that was like big as fuck and would box. It was one of a box. Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> I don't remember how you guys, like, fuck, I don't remember what Dad said. He did something. You say he threw a lawn dart at him? No, I, I. I don't remember we, what he said. How it we ended. We were boxing down there. Okay. At the Whistles' house. And every time someone would show up, you'd be like, "No," because he was so big. He'd be like, "I'll box one handed." Yeah. Like, he, who was that? Danny Whistle. Okay. No one wanted to box him. Okay. <laughs> was he just big or like? No, he was just mean. <laughs> <laughs> he liked pain. <laughs> but no one wanted to box him at all. Okay, but he kept showing up. Yeah, it was his house. <laughs> yeah. But, like, how did you fucking finally, like, defeat the behemoth? Because Dad told me, like, the day we finally beat that fucker, like, I thought he told me either A, somebody hit him with a lawn dart? I, I swear to God he told been. me somebody hit him with a lawn it dart. It might have been. And it, like, tranquilized <laughs> him because they were like, Wah. Or it was, what was the other thing he might have said? I See, the, Dad's stories, they're, like, half real sometimes and, like, half just really real. funny endings, and I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, I don't know about that one. So that's why I was like, the whole you on the golf course swimming, I was like, I need to hear that from the horse's mouth. Oh, yeah, that one. that's true. Um, Dad got offended because I asked, can I come to the midget wrestling this year? Oh, wow, that's hilarious. I want to come to that, and he's like, I don't know if you should go. And I'm like, I would fucking love that. Oh, what do you, you would mean? love it. It's infinite material. Oh, you would love it. Uh, you so you're the guy that gets in and wrestles with the midgets. Well, I tried. The last time they were at Smiley's, I tried. Is to... midgets offensive? Do they mind being called midgets? Or yeah, not really. <laughs> okay, but people are like, you have to call them little people. It's like they know they're people. It's called midget wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, uh, I don't know. You guys wrestle in pudding? Oh yeah, I wrestled that guy in pudding. Yeah, the midget from. Uh, he lives in Muncie. How was that? Who oh, won? Slippery. <laughs> Does he have a? Because you have a size advantage, but he might have speed on you. Dude. Oh, like, he he. Well, it was pretty scripted. He was supposed to hit me in the head with a chair on the second round. Okay. So he did, but he wasn't supposed to hit me the second time. So after he hit me the second time, it pissed me off. <laughs> so, so then the whole games was on. So I just ran and started roughing him up bad. <laughs> roughing up a midget. Yeah, oh I grabbed God. him, throwed him through the ropes into the plastic I had put up. <laughs> and the, the pudding was real slippery. I mean, real slippery. Oh, my God. It didn't really stand up too good. <laughs> was it like a big crowd there? Oh, yeah. It How many people nice. go to that? Well, this was at a little bar up in Greensboro. Yeah, but I'm if you hear midget wrestling, I'm sure people would pack the place. Well, it wasn't midget. It was a women's wrestling. But they just added me and him at the end. Oh. Like to draw pe- local people in. <laughs> so kind of now gag. it's going to like be a own thing. 
Because I saw, I thought a flyer for like midget wrestling. Oh yeah, they have them at Smiley's. I've been twice. Damn. Yeah, your dad went once. How did? Was oh, it, it was awesome. See, they, I want to go, and he's like, I don't know if you'd like it. I'm like, I had, would love it. They had props underneath the ring and everything where they get bowling balls, <laughs> baseball bat, crawl in there and get them, hit <laughs> each other with them. Oh they had midget refs. Oh my! <laughs> uh, Everybody's small. Well, the second time I tried to get in a ring. Uh, with them, and they just kick the dog shit out of me before I could even crawl into the rope. Like five of them attacked me. <laughs> like flies. Boom, <laughs> just aggressive horse Oh, flies. they all come running and kick me and everything. I, they got me good. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, see, I'm not as bold to engage myself physically a lot in the world of comedy. But I'm not afraid to, like, not speak up. Oh, yeah. That's the difference. But, like, in the world, you it's weird being a pacifist because you've either got to really be funny or really be fast because yeah. you're not fucking fighting back. And <laughs> I teased a god thumper before on campus. We call them quad gods. Oh, yeah? Because they're in the quad and they talk about god. Um, and they're fucking annoying because they wear shirts like women belong in the kitchen and I'm like what the fuck is going on <laughs> so I walk by and they're like have you accepted Christ and I'm like hey man I'm Buddhist like I just didn't want to have that conversation I don't really follow the Methodist shit anymore and I'm I go to Buddha church every blue moon as much as I did other churches really but it was just different and I liked it more so I just told him I was a Buddhist because I thought it would be funny and he was like oh that's just a man in a cave. So I go, wasn't your dude just a man in a cave that came back? Oh. He didn't like that one. No, I guarantee I laughed. And he, he's going off a little bit about religion and hell and whatever. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I'm like, hey, buddy, how about this? I can see you're pretty steamed, so let me offer you this advice. How about you fuck my ass? And he was like, what? And I was like, how about you take me from behind and just fuck me hard from, like, my butt? And he was like, I don't think I want that, sir. No, that's fucking gay. And I was like, oh, you don't want something? You don't want this ass fucking? Well, then I guess I have also the right to say, no, I don't want your ass fucking of religion. Bye. And I left. And that's what I left him with that day. And I hoped it changed his life forever. They go to school here, you said? I don't know. He's just one of the dudes that show up on campus. I don't think... They no. show up in a fucking van. You know it's their van because it's Jump like... Out. It's something like abortion is murder on the side. And you're like... Whoo! Jump out. Who, who sports that on a fucking van? Like through town. You're just driving like... That's right, world. No, I'm a fucking piece of shit for $12 an hour. They probably pay him so nice just to drive the van. That's not even let alone like the preaching fees. Preaching fees is like fifteen an hour. You gotta know that's why he's out there. He's getting paid for that. Oh yeah. He's not there because he loves Christ. He's there because he got paid to tell you about Christ. Because that's how you get him. <laughs> that's how you get him forever. So you get him in the soup. And they can't swim out. And they're like, yeah, I think he, you know, I feel his presence when I'm alone. It's like, that, or did you have a cold fart and you thought somebody saw? <laughs> I think it's fun to rabbit hole. You know what I mean? Like down the, 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 oh, yeah. the, the bit rabbit hole. Because I can keep going with the same joke forever. But then when I swap it out after what I feel like is a while, some people are like, you don't stay on your jokes long enough. And I'm like, 
I gave you a whole two minutes about Jesus' foreskin. What do you mean? I don't know what more I can tell you. <laughs> I did. I do a bit about Jesus' foreskin because I... <sighs> Church just upsets me. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to hear it? Yeah. Okay. Let's hear it. So, multiple, this is 100% true, by the way. Mul this part. <laughs> multiple churches follow... This belief that they have Jesus' foreskin. Okay? They believe that he was real because they have evidence that this is his little baby cock skin saved forever. Mantle. That kind of style. You know what I mean? And not only is there one of them, there are like 12. Okay? Do you get what I'm saying at? 12 different buildings in Europe have a mantle at some point in their church, and it says, Beholdeth the cockskin of Christ. Twelve different churches. Even if one of them's right, say he comes back. Ask for it. For some reason, he's like, Beholdeth me, my cockskin. And like one of them flies up and reconnects, and it's like, oh. I don't know why you'd want it, but whatever. My question is, who's the eleven other cockskins... In the fucking other mantles. It's not his. It didn't fly up and connect. What homeless people with no down and out money, but luckily dick skin or kids at birth, did you rob to fucking say you had cock skin of Christ? Even though you were right about this one, him being right and he's here and he just got his cock skin connected. That was a win. You know, you got that one in your bank. But what about those? I'm not forgetting that I want 11 people going to hell for this. If you're, if you're tallying, this is a win. I need 11 losses right here. That's true. So that's usually, like, the bit I fucking rep. And I can that's go longer true. with it, but, like, I like talking about, like, okay, what if you're right? There's other ones whose dick skin is on your wall, and why have you been praying to it all these years? I've been like, oh. Because, like, the people that worked at that one church, they probably labeled them, like, St. Baptist, because they were like, yay, us, who has the Skin. It was probably like a big fucking bet in the community, and they once it flew up, they were like, "Yeah, Saint fucking Marys," and they're like, "Oh, us, we do it all. We're the faithful ones." And then everyone else was like, "Who's dick skin? Have I been kissing the mantle of and been like, you were real, and I'm gonna heal my cancer?" What homeless person that probably had AIDS did you fucking rip apart and fucking put up there and being like, "Yes, behold." The cock skin of Christ. My thing is, like, I think you could just carbon date it and be like, it's not. You know what I mean? Or it is. That's my... But the church doesn't let car people, scientists carbon date their stuff. Why? Because they're lying. <laughs> That's why they don't fucking do it. They don't let me fucking... They're like, we have the rose... Or not rose. Th uh, thorn of crowns. And I'm like, oh, wow, can I fucking, you know, zip, zap, zoop it with a laser just even, like, a fucking through the glass? And they're like, no. I'm like, why? It's a bunch of branches you found a long time ago, you fucking bitch-ass fucking... Stop. If you're going to molest kids, whatever. You're not going to call it out, I guess? Whatever. But don't you dare tell me you've got scientific evidence and you won't even let the scientific community see it. I do a joke about proportions I like. Because <laughs> um, it kind of touches on that, too. It's like, you know, who named them? Who named abortions? That's a hard word. To say even in a joke, let alone in a serious, like, Mom, Dad, I need an abortion. It's like, whoa, 
That's a room changer. You know what I mean? So who named that? It had to have been a white guy, for sure, first of all. Because that's who was naming stuff for dictionaries. White Catholic dudes. And they were fucking in their Christian labs, and they were like, Johnson, what, oh, what do we need to, what do we call the vacuuming out of a fetus? And they're like, ha, huh, Christ, Morty. I don't know, fucking uh, an abomination? And it's like, that's a word. It's like, how about an abortion? It's like, that sounds similar. Like, they were just like, that sounds close enough, and they were fine with that. And it just, I mean, abortion, abomination, abortion, abomination. It just sounds the same to me. And I don't like it. I'm here to say we should rename it. We rename things all the time for better usage. If we rename it, maybe people can talk about it more. And it's easier to mention and easier to joke about. So I'm here to say, let's recall it something that makes sense and is actually direct. Let's call it baby suicides. <laughs> and I let that ring out for a while in the crowd. And I go, because, you know, it's their choice that way. Because their choice implies the fucking woman. It was her choice, but it was the baby's choice to take its life. I usually explain it because it's funnier once I fucking yeah, do this. Do that. Um, the fucking hand cut motion for the, the you at home that didn't see my fucking... There's no camera, so suck it, Nick. Um, <laughs> um, so, after that, I'm like, no, I'm just kidding. If I was really going to rename them anything, I would call them momicides for comedic value. Because it's like mom murder. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. This joke is brought to you by the Mormons. And that's what I usually end it with. So how, how long do you stay on there? I've done, I've done, they don't, I mean, it's just whatever a mic will give you. I've done eight minutes. My paid show was 25 minutes, 22 minutes, something like that. Um, I'll do an hour if somebody would give me an hour, but nobody wants to see an hour of this. That's a long time. I could do an hour talking. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you'd have an intermission probably. I'd do 30 minutes, be like, here's the deal. I'm going to go do like two lines of blow. That's kidding. Only one. I'm going to go probably just jerk off. Let you guys get some snacks. Don't think about me beating my meat and why don't you go buy some meat for your treat. Bye. And I just walk off stage and come back in like a half hour, like, not a half hour, Christ. And like, I don't know, 10 minutes, come back, do another like 45 minutes, just kill it. Because once you do 30 minutes, you're comfortable and you can do, I can do a lot of time if somebody would give it to me, but no one because I like to talk to audiences. I like to engage. I like to just ramble. Like if I, if you give me the time and like ways to space out, oh yeah, I'll drag on. I've got it. Because the the style of comedy I've tried to establish, because everyone has their style, I'd like to define mine as like rambling to where like you could just keep talking, keep talking till it's funny. And then once it's funny, keep talking, it's going to be funnier past that. Now, add the narrator option, which is kind of this overtone of like, I feel like I could really narrate anything and make it funny, like little pictures, frames, and fucking action figures, and fucking people about their day, and like whatever, and having the ability to do that with rambling... It's unlimited amounts of fucking potential for comedy. Because yeah. it's, I mean, like the black dude that I fucking watch smoke cigars on the Oregon District. I'll go there sometimes to write material. And he's always there at the cigar shop just out the front. And I always sit by him and I'm like, what's up? Because I'm looking for like a strong black older teacher to teach me secretly samurai moves one day. Yeah. And I'm just waiting for him to be like, you know, I trust you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you something in my trunk. And be like, this is it. He really just rape robs me. <laughs> But wouldn't it be funny if he had, like, a sword and he's like, I'm going to teach you to use this blade for good. And then as soon as I grip it, like, I can become a comedy god because I'll fucking take it on stage and be like, you know what the funny thing about a sword is? And I'll put it in the stage and be like, that it can kill a motherfucker or save a life. And then just, I just walk out. And the, walk the, out. The, the mic, well, the mic is like the fucking hilt of the blade. And then it extends and I'm like, that's right. This is how the show is. And I even using the fucking sword. That'd be amazing. That'd be Everybody cool. would piss their pants. Yeah, that would be, <laughs> be a cool. night. See, I like to do a joke about 
Um, oh shit, what was it? I usually it leads to sword fighting, and then I talk about I know what I'm talking about because my older brother is a knight, which is Didi, and I know a lot about anime, which means we know a lot about swords. And I'm not talking sword fighting that fucking slapping salami shit. Although I've heard you know patrami is a good substitute for the punchline. <laughs> like usually I tell that on stage and they like that. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like I don't know what people don't like and they do like because. And, I, and I'm not trying to humble brag, but I remember from, like, a very young age, just remember, I just remember groups of people laughing or shit, I yeah. said. And I don't remember, I, re, I remember sometimes it even was my intent to make people laugh. They just took it funny, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I just, I remember, like, trying to, like, the earliest was, like, a bus when you're, like, f- fucking six or seven. And you can get everybody, all the kids to laugh at one thing you say. And that's kind of, like, a hard crowd to, like, pull in. Right. So if you can do that, that was, like, a start for me. I didn't know when I wanted to be a comedian until I knew and actually said it out of my mouth. I just knew I was funny, and I knew it could make people laugh, but I didn't know how I could pertain that to an actual skill, and I really boiled it down. I was like, well, I I think I could be a good comedian, because my dad's a good storyteller, and I think I got that from him. I think I can, I'm an improvist, I can just do whatever anywhere, I click with anyone. I'm not really, like, out of place with people of color, a different nationality, because I have, I grew up with... Right. multiple older brothers with different nationalities right. and different races so that helps for yeah. comfort <laughs> um makes you a very relatable person yes so like i don't know like I, a piece of me thinks like this is this has to be what i do but it's such an outrageous sentence isn't it like be a comedian that's tough it's tough what do you think because like, you know i think Weezy, when he was young he could have fucking became a guitar master lord and right. slayer of music and create crazy albums and be oh, loved yeah. by millions but he just didn't but he has it's the talent choice yeah do you think he could have been that oh yeah so do you think if that's a realistic sentence because dad says that with other people he's like oh my god if he would have done this he could have been that and i'm like yeah. okay if you think he's good at that one thing what if i think i'm really good at this one thing because the other thing he said to me the other day was like how dare you say like at the beginning of your show piss shit cocksucker motherfucker tins cuns asshole you know everything else in between and <laughs> He was like, how dare you say that? And I was like, well, Dad, to be fair, like, I'm paying homage to George Carlin. Like, that was his most famous bit, was the seven dirty words on radio. It's piss, shit, cocksucker, motherfucker, tits, asshole, um, and bitch, I think was the seven that you can't say on radio. And he developed that, and that's the radio standard we use today for the seven words you can't say on radio. And that's crazy to me. And I love that, and I love him. Like, he's one of my favorite comics ever. So I was like, I want to fucking do something like that in my show. So I started my show saying just a bunch of crazy words. Oh, did? Is that how you did? Yeah, sometimes. I stopped doing it because, I don't know, I feel bad that some people tune in and they're like, oh, God, right out of the gate. <laughs> I, try to, <laughs> I try to ease them into the ass fucking, I guess. I start with light kissing now. I've treated the radio show like uh, seduction. You start with the kissing, you go for the boob fondles, maybe some light ass play, and then all of a sudden finger bang like her crazy. <laughs> We'll just see what happens. <laughs> um, but no, I I do that, and he was like, I, I can't believe you want to, like, you're not going to be the next George Carlin. And I was like, why can't you one time have that conversation with me about saying, hey, I think I could be the next George Carlin. That's a big sentence, but I think I could. I mean, I think a lot of baseball players that we live with think they could be the next so-and-so. And I believe in them, and I think they can do that. And I think some of them are trying to be. I think Didi is probably going to be one of the best stops of all time at some point. Like, he does not look like he's slowing down. He's going to be in the game for a long time. Right. And, like, I don't know. Like, if he thinks he can be that, why can't I think I'm going to be on New York stages or L.A. stages doing fucking comedy on the places that actually matter that 
validate your fucking opinion because it's the mass world of comedy. It's not local here town that if you get some laughs because some people are only comfortable with some things, okay, I know my stuff's funny. That's the other thing. And I don't like to brag, but like when I write stuff, I'm like, I know this is funny. It's just that I don't think this crowd's ready for it. But I think the other major locations for comedy, like New York, L.A., and other places, like, they are really atoned for those kind of comedic bits because they're, they've heard everything. They've heard everything from, like, Jerry Seinfeld, Eddie Murphy, George Carlin, like, all these great comedians have been there. They've heard Bernie Mac. They've heard all the fucking... They've heard it all. There's nothing I'm going to say that... But if... But if... In my world, I can say one thing that surprises them. That's great, because then no other comedian before me did that. And that's important to me. You know what I mean? Because I, I, I think it's not easy to make a, a joke about an abortion or fucking 9-11 yeah. or fucking anything. But when a comedian does, I'm like... I get away with... That, because they're it's funny. Yeah. That's the rule. You can say it if it's funny. Right. And funny is defined by, are you going to hurt everybody's feelings? Are you going to hurt one person? Are you going to hurt no one's? There's a difference. Those are the scales. You hurt one, you hurt none, or you hurt everyone. Yeah. Those are the acceptable pains. Because if you make fun of everyone, okay, Dave Chappelle does that. The L's, the G's, the B's, the T's, and the Q's. I fucking love Dave Chappelle. Oh, I do too. I wish... <laughs> I wish I could meet him. I hope I do at this thing. I don't know if I should... I guess I'll plug it. I'm doing a show on the June 4th or 5th. It's like 10 minutes, but hopefully like the rumor is that potentially Dave Chappelle will be there, which will fucking make me come. There's a lot of people. Yeah, it's like a DJ thing. There's like 14, 13 like rap DJs and like he's just really into this one dude that is going to be there and like uh, he's never missed a live show of his and he's going to be there oh, and man. the dude who's putting it on is tight with his son and he was like, dude, the son's coming. We're tight. We're friends. He's de- At least the son's going to be there and he's like, my dad will probably come and I'm like, oh Christ, in a handbasket. Like I hate to put names to shit but like I hope. Only because like I- I've always wanted to tell Dave Chappelle that like Oh my God, sir, just so you know, you are the reason that really helped me come to terms with wanting to be a comedian because in my life, when I needed an escape, it was always getting home, throwing my backpack on the fucking floor, turning on the TV, and guaranteed to see the last six minutes of Crank Yankers every single time because I got home the same day from the bus. Let's <laughs> see the last minute, six minutes of Crank Yankers and whole Dave Chappelle show. I would see every single episode of Dave Chappelle show, even after he left, and I still loved it because he was in the bits. I would tell him, dude, I want you to know that, A, the Chappelle show helped me in so many ways, and I know you've heard that before, but I'm just not that kind of fan, also. I fucking love all your stoner movies you've done, your stand-ups are phenomenal, and I think that you left the game just to do shit you like to do is one of the most respectable things. And I want you to know, as a black man, you are this white kid's hero, and I need you to know that. And I want, I just want to say it one time to him. But, like, I can't remet him. (laughs) He probably won't. He'll probably freeze up. I'm, yeah, I'm probably like, Mr. Chappelle, I just want to come. Oh. And he's like, oh, I don't know if I want to meet you again. Being honest, I don't know if this interaction went the way you thought it did, but this was terrible. I just say the wrong thing. I'm like, your wife's Asian, and I love anime. And he's like, he's mm, Philippines, so I'm not sure you're getting the right geography, but you're close, buddy. Like, maybe he gives me a sport for trying. He's like, yeah, sport. And I'm like, thanks, sir. Like, I crackle up. I haven't cracked my fucking voice in a conversation forever. And I'm just fucking like, yes, man! I would love an autograph. Um, I remember one time we were visiting Geneva when she was alive yeah. at the house. And Deb was like, let's just get her some food. I'm like, okay, what do you want to get her? And I was like, ah, we'll just get her like a little chicken and some soup. 
because I don't really know if she can have hard food, so I'll give her options. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, what an old woman needs is soup and chicken. <laughs> Christ. I don't know how they lived as long as they did, but they did live long. Oh, they lived alone. Yeah, a very long time. And we went, and Grandma was there, and she was just taken away that we were there. She's like, oh, I'm so delighted you're here. Oh, she loved, Tickled your pink. She and I'm like, oh. Everybody. Yeah, but then we were like, well, we brought you some food. And she was like, oh, what'd you bring? And we were like, we got some chicken and some soup. And she was like, I love chicken and soup. <laughs> and she had a voice crack right at soup. And it's one of the best things I've ever heard from her ever. It was I just the whole, like, that, chicken right? and, like, it literally, like, she had an actual voice crack. And McKenna and me and Dad both were like, oh, fuck. That was the funniest thing we've ever oh, heard. Yeah. We don't want to laugh right in this old woman's face. Like, hi, you stupid bitch. How dare you? Like, oh, she was just like, chicken and soup. Like, it just, like, it just fucking, I don't even know what happened. Like, what demon crawled out of her and was like, like, taking the sound from her fucking throat. But it was like. I mean, it was almost reversed, like a fucking track was playing. Like, it was crazy. I was like, oh, like, it almost scared me. The worst thing was that she fucking bit her fucking, uh, what do you call it, hearing aid in half once. Because, like a maniac, not only would she answer the phone and take it out, which I don't understand why you would take a hearing aid out to answer the phone. I thought, you need to. So you can't even fucking talk, call her and you're like, Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me? I love you, but what the fuck? So, <laughs> oh, you call her and you're like, uh, and she, when you would call her, she would sit down in Grandpa's chair and eat a bowl of nuts every time you would call her. She, so now you're calling her, she can't hear you, and she's just eating nuts. Every phone call was just trying to get some nut eating, I guess. So I don't even know why you fucking call her. Um. We call her, I don't even know who was calling her. She's biting fucking nuts. And she bites, she picks up her fucking hearing aid and bites that. Like it's a fucking nut. Just clean in half. And I'm like, damn, grandma, don't fuck with you. You're like a catfish. Just a surprisingly sharp. Oh, they was good people. I yeah, they were that. good, but I was like, Christ. And she was like, I'm fine. I just can't hear nothing. I broke my hearing aid. And I'm like, what did you do? She could bend it in half. I'm like, what? Why was it near your mouth? You know, I was on the phone, and I was like, I have more questions. <laughs> Just a trove of weird. <laughs> they were good people. They, but they were, were racist. But, like, best. I don't know if she was racist. I just know he was racist. I don't know how I feel about that. Because he was the greatest person in the world oh, to me and was. my sister. But then we tried to bring one of my older brothers to Christmas once, and he was like, you will not have that N-word in my house. And we were like, whoa, N-word? didn't think I'd hear Grampy. I was in the car. I didn't hear it. It was actually mom, dad, and uh, Terrell, the first player to stay with us. They were oh, at the door. Yeah, and he said, it. he's like, I'll tell you what. If you come in this door, I'll meet you with a gun. And I was like, hmm, I think we should leave, is what I think dad remember quoted to me <laughs> as an older age. I could say so they left. And they, we I had Chris. That was, I remember we, they came back and they were like, oh, Grandpa's feeling kind of sick. And we got your guys' guests. We'll just open them at the fucking house. And I'm like, okay. Like we, me and McKenna were like, cool, we got the gifts, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, we're kids. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah. Don't yeah. tell us Grandpa's racist on Christmas. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'd say one thing. He probably wasn't bluffing. Yeah. When they when he died, they found 14 loaded guns in yeah, his that's bedroom. Yeah, dad told me. Can you beds, Tissue closet, box, everything. pillow. Because he couldn't move fast, so he just wanted to have one in one reach. Day, I'm like... Day. 
instead of 14 guns everywhere, what if you just had one on you always? <laughs> what if you, instead of just needing to reach for one, you just had one on you? That seems like an easier thing to accomplish, in my opinion. You know, I didn't know he was a cockfighter oh, until yeah. I finally, like, asked, like... When I was I was young when I found out, so I've known for a while now. But like, oh my god, that conversation! Because I remember going to his basement and finding all these trophies of roosters. Oh, yeah. First of all, can we talk about who's giving trophies <laughs> at illegal events? Yeah, who's taking the time to go to trophy shops and like get a fucking big ass trophy with a fucking yeah, rooster on it? Yeah. What What are you telling the dude it's for? <laughs> A chicken raising derby or fucking whatever. I digress. Um, I would find him and I just wouldn't really know what they were for. And he had a fucking lot of them. And I eventually found oh, yeah. out he was the best he in the a, country. Yeah, and I was like, really, oh, yeah. that's a weird thing to think about. Like all these different events of the... Vi I'm like, I have to talk about these on stage. It's oh, like yeah. the world has pushed me to do have weird shit in my life to tell people all the weird shit that's going on. Yeah, he had some mean ones out there, man. Oh my Good god, ones. Dad's told me so many stories. Like, when he died, there was like a bunch of dudes there with just golden rooster chains. And I was like, I think he was in a cult. <laughs> they all he had the been. same necklace. And I was like, I think he was in a cult for roosters. <laughs> he was in a rooster cult. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna spiral. He was um, He fucking... So, one time I was like, Hey, Grandpa, can I have one of your trophies? When he was alive. Yeah. And he was just so baffled by the question. He was like, what? And I was like, I found your trophies. Can I have one? He's like, do you know what they're for? I was like, no, I just like it. It's big ass. Yeah, I don't really this, win trophies. I'd like to pretend it's mine. And he's like, yeah, go pick you one. <laughs> and he had like little ones. Oh, yeah. Over, I'm shitting you not, I pulled the biggest one I could fucking find, and I could barely carry it upstairs. And when yeah. mom, mom and dad came to pick me up, they were like, all right, let's go. And I was like, hold on, we gotta take this trophy. And they're like, what the fuck? And I was just laughing there, knowing awesome. damn well what the trophy's oh, yeah. for. They know. I don't know. And, and I'm like, come on, I like it. And they're like, I guess. <laughs> and they let me take it home. I had it for a long time. I don't even know what they did with it. I think mom eventually destroyed it at some Pop point. Pop the trunk. I don't even know. It might be still somewhere. But I fucking put it, took it home, and then I just would always have it in my room, fucking look at it, never know what it was for. And then one day, they had a Super Bowl party, and I just don't really fucking like sports. I was in and out of the fucking basement. So I was just, I fucking was like, you know what I'll do just to impress everybody? I'll show my trophy. <laughs> George was there, who's a sheriff. Yeah. Other, so was Jennifer, who was also a sheriff, and other, like, Lees were there, who was sheriffs. I'm fucking boop a doop a doop. Look at my trophy. Mom just wide. I'm like, go back upstairs. I think that's maybe where I, then I didn't see it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> But then years later, they were like, so you know what that was for? I was like, no. They were like, cockfighting. And I was like, oh. And then like a year later, I was like, hey, when you said he cockfights, um, what does that mean? And they were like, what? I thought that was clear enough. And I was like, well, I meant like, how big did he fight the roosters? And he was like, and they were like, what did you just say to me? And I was like, well, didn't he get in the ring and fucking... They, I had thought at a young age that he just got in the ring and fucking barefisted and just fucking bought, fought roosters like a, like a weird sideshow. And I was like, oh, what is, what is it? And they're like, two roosters fight to yeah, death. And I'm like, oh, that's a different answer. 
And they had, and literally when he died, I got like a box of weird rooster shit with my dad. And it's like boxing gloves for roosters as well as like actual knives. And I'm like, yeah, Jesus Christ. I was like, this is a fucking sharp. Whole world. Sharp. Whole world of shit. They're making shit. Yeah, there's yeah. a whole underground of fucking people doing this shit, I guess. Yeah. Um, Oh my god! Like that's just my, like I love him, but like you hear these crazy ass stories, and then you find out he's racist. Like, what do you think of a person after that? You have all the great moments with them, but then you're like, oh my god, there's this whole other person there in the background, not being talked about, not right. letting themselves surface, not putting your wholeness out there. Because I was raised to just be yourself, be yourself a hundred percent, and let everybody know what you are twenty four seven. Not fucking. You know, be nice to some people, yeah. be the world's greatest person, and then to other people offer a gun at the door. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? That's different! I don't know that! I don't know how to be like that, because I'm not like that. I show everybody with the same face. I'm like, hey man, we should talk about jerking off and blunts. And they're like, yeah, you look like that you know a lot about those things. <laughs> um, but like, I think like... Like, I, I, I think, and it's like a humble brag to say I can do long times. But I think I could just do long times because I've been been doing the show. Because right. I can just take this persona of a character and just fucking unload them on a stage. That's right. I'm a disappointing comic. You know what I mean? And I do it, and I can fill time, but then, like, I, you get the light, and I'm like, oh, I'm killing me. Like, I would just love to go longer. But, like, uh, some people don't know you're good until they get to see your whole act, like a long act. So when they only get like eight minutes of you or five minutes of you, yeah, they were funny or not. Yeah. And they had the choice to say, but it's also a hard thing just getting something in quick like that and making sure you nail it 24-7 for such a small slot that I don't really panic. I don't really worry if I'm funny or not. I just start my long bits and then I get to where I get and I try to trail off and end. every time. Yeah. No. I, honest to God, like I'll write a lot of material. Like I'll write at least one joke a day in my notebooks and everything else and then like... You know, I might not present it, but I'll, like, write it and, like, really know it's good and, like, actually develop it. But I won't really tell them on stage. And Because right. I like to improv most of my sets. Because I have to improv the show. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, yeah, I improv this, most today. of it. So, like, I improv my sets. And, like, if I'm funny there, improving, imagine how funny I can be with things I've actually workshopped, given, and be like, all right, how about this? And I pull something I've actually wrote. And I'm like, how about this? And they're like, whoa, that was developed <laughs> but like even the improv stuff like i haven't really gotten complaints and like I, mean, I got one complaint but i did an all white crowd and i did the abortion joke and they weren't fans but i did a gun control <laughs> joke and i think they liked it um that'll get over yeah i was like we should ban guns <laughs> and they were like whoa and i was like yes fuel me with your booze this is what the this is the reaction i was planning for i was like the reason i want your booze is because i got a better option that you never even thought of the best option you should replace all the guns with samurai swords. No debate. Because you know why? It takes years to kill people with samurai swords. You have to train. At least if someone's going to kill somebody, let them have to go through long periods of training. At least let me know that they deserve it. I don't want motherfuckers who are just overweight fucking doing shootings being like, I'm just buy my gun. And it's like, God damn it. No. Yeah. I just want you to fucking, I want you to be, if you're going to be a killer, wear it. Train for it. You know what I mean? I guess uh, it'll at least give other people more time to live. Um, and the other thing about swords I like is that you're not going to... Mass shootings are going to be gone forever. Right. Why? Because you're going to get, at most, like, one person. Because if everybody has samurai true. sword, you're going to fucking sink, behead a motherfucker, and all of a sudden, <laughs> circle with fucking swords. And they're like, please. Bam, bam, bam. Ah, dead. Gone. And I usually do all the movements on stage, too. For all of you at home, I did a lot of samurai motions. And you should be very impressed by all the sounds. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I usually do all that kind of shit for the joke. 
And I'm like, my point is that at best, someone who's untrained is going to come at you, maybe get through your arm, maybe get it halfway through. Still savable if it's only halfway through. My point is, fuck guns. <laughs> and they were like, ah, and I was like, yeah, it's not for everybody. Moving on. So I watch a lot of porn, and usually I just fucking go all somewhere else. Yeah. Because, like, I know when people don't like a bit, but, like... Right, you can feel it right off the bat. Yeah, but I think if you Move hear on. a joke out... It's not as bad as you thought it was going to be. Right. You know what I mean? Because, like, my bits, I like to attack really aggressive topics. Abortion, 9-11, whatever. And then, just as as I talk, you're like, oh, he seems to know what he's talking about. Oh, he doesn't. And then it just keeps getting worse. And then it just kind of trails off. That's like a Louis C.K. style, like, where it's like, oh, this. And it's like, what if we solve world hunger? And it's like, well, fuck these guys. And it's like, well, fuck everybody. And it's like, well, fuck hunger. And it's like, like you don't even you don't even get to a resolution. That's right. what I like about it. Like, that's what Squidbilly does. It's always sunny. All these different shows. It's called pointless humor. The kind of... It just ends at some point. The trail off of, like... It really doesn't feel like it's gonna stop. And then, bam! Right to the, something else. Because you're like, whoa, I thought we were talking about abortions. Now we're talking about disco? What's going on with disco? <laughs> um, well, that's pretty cool. Do you want to ask me anything? I just... I like did, when did you start doing this? I mean, started... 2018 or 19 was my very first stand-up ever. I did it at Wiley's in the Oregon District. I had two people there I knew. No, three people. And it was... I got more laughs than I thought I was going to get for my first time ever. I it was really nervous. And it was the only time I've ever, like, shaken on stage. Yeah, I, but I made a joke out of it because I was, like, I was shaking. So I immediately was like, so as you can see, I'm doing a Michael J. Fox impression with my nervousness. Um, a lot of people say they know why he's shaking. I like to admit he's faking that shaking because I think it's a whole ploy to, like, do more characters that require, like, jitterness in, like, comedies. Or, here's the plot twist, he's always had Parkinson's. Even in Back to the Future, they just shook the camp. They did. They, they did. They shot the movie every single movie twice. Once without him, and once with only him. Because the camera with only him, he's the only character. And he's doing all the scenes, just talking to nobody, fucking the fights, everything. They just had to sync him up. He just the camera's just shaking to sync him up. Just the whole time, the camera's just jottering as he does. So then they just put that together. Because if you can get that, you can fucking get the blur out, and you can just. Fake it. So maybe, or I'm wrong. It's one of those three. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's That was my first joke ever on stage. How yeah. do you get the, the gigs? You just show up a lot of places, but those are only like five minute, six minute, eight there. minute mics. Those are not anything to... I didn't know if they had like open mics. They are, but they're not like, they don't really draw crowds. Right. They're in like bars, so it's really just a chance for you to have a mic in your hand and work on that stuff. Right. Honestly, like, I'm comfortable with a mic in my hand. I'm comfortable on a stage. I'm not nervous in front of people. Like, I've done honors choir for years in fucking high school. Like, I love right. talking to people. I'm not, I've been on fucking whatever. So, like, I, I don't have a problem presenting myself. I have a problem with, are you as an audience ready for what the fuck you're about to hear? <laughs> because you have to know, as a comedian, we don't know where the line in the sand is until we cross it. Yeah. And then once we cross it, we're like, well, fuck, is it okay we cross it? And sometimes it is, and then you're like, well, shit, I'm just going to draw a new line. And then all of a sudden, he can cross that line, but he can't. Well, he's better than you, I guess. I don't know. Like, I, I hate to say it, but comedy is the only environment that breeds out perfectly it's a hundred percent ecosystem friendly because if you're not funny 
you won't get laughs. You won't survive, and you know you don't belong. Right. You get laughs, you'll keep going, keep and you'll going. keep going. And comedy is the only thing that validates as it happens. If it's not funny, people won't laugh. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Well, they don't crazy. Cool. No, I like it. <laughs> I think you're funny. Do you have? Am I scraping on your time? When yeah, you, I'm good. When do you have to skedaddle? Probably right now. Okay, this is great. <laughs> this is for this point ratio. You have been in chair one. Who? Hoover. Yeah. I hope you had fun. Um, oh, I had a blast. Oh, that's Good nice to see you too. I, 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 I try to do it with at least people that know at least once. You matter to me, and you are here because you matter. And I hope other people that think they matter want to reach out and they're like, I want to be on the show. It's like you can be. Just ask, yeah, and I'll right. be like either yes or no. And if you, if I say more than likely, I say yes to everybody because anybody can be a guest because it's just like talking to me. But like, cause I, I, I ramble, I do most of the booking bullshit. Yeah. So I'll let you get out of here. Uh, this right. is Point Ratio. Suck a cock and listen to your last song. Botch, bye. Listen, I know everybody knows this next song, but I like it, and I thought it encapsulates everything about the episode very well. Uh, great individuals, you know, living in the hometown, them mentoring me, so maybe I don't have to live in the hometown with the same hometown mentality out in the world. So please enjoy Bob Seger's Still the Same. Hoover, I hope you enjoy it. I'm playing a lot of rock and country. I haven't really been heavy in the rap because I know who's probably going to be listening to this, the the genre of people. A lot of white people is what I'm saying. (laughs) So please enjoy. We'll be back with the last song after this.
That's fucking right. You're still the same too, Hoover. You've been the same person from when my dad knew you as a kid till now. A great person. That was the point of that song, if you couldn't tell. I love you. I hope you're always around in my life. You're like a dad to me. I hope if I ever have a time of need, I can always come to you. And I hope this episode filled you with wholesomeness as much as it filled my heart with it. So this last song is going to be a song I absolutely know him and my father love because I've heard them sing it and start it the same way. They always sing the first line before playing it, so allow me to do the same. Oh, the sun made its way through the windshield of my Chevrolet. Whiskey eyes and ashtray breath on a churred rock gravel road. So please enjoy that lonesome song by Jamie Johnson, you motherfuckers! That morning sun made its way Through the windshield of my Chevrolet Whiskey eyes and ashtray breath on a churred rock gravel road what the hell did I do last night? That's the story of my life Like trying to remember words To a song nobody wrote And it's sad and it's long And can't nobody sing it's a southbound train It's a whistle and the wind Ain't no one there to care Where I've been I'm humming on that lonesome song again Took a trip across the country from Montgomery Discovered I'd been wrong for so long I thought it was the fame and the glory and the money But all I've got to show is a damn song And it's sad
its way through the windshield of my Chevrolet. Whiskey eyes and ashtray breath on a church rock gravel road. 